Lead Heads, we are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. This is episode 256, 256. Hope you guys caught last week's episode where we had J-Mac with Ride On Optics giving you guys a schooling on the parts and components that go into making up a scope, a rifle scope in particular. Uh, we're going to be continuing that series with Ride On, getting into different aspects of... Uh, Scooting, scooting, scooting guns, <laughs> shooting uh, uh, your optics. Uh, J Max got several things in line for you guys coming up, so stay tuned for that. Uh, also, if you haven't caught it yet, the Talking Lead AK Corner has been a huge success so far, part one. And by the way, if you've not heard, we're giving away 12 rifles during that 12 part series over the next be 11 months now so we've already done our first episode so make sure you check in to the second part of the ak corner where we're going to give away two guns two rifles on uh, that episode so 256 you guys I, I think i mentioned it last episode we're headed to boston going up to a memorial ceremony for a member of the fleoa organization joining me today i have none other than Bill Hampstead, a.k.a. Bill Doe. Welcome in, Bill. Thank you. Appreciate that. And Bill has brought along a friend of his, which uh, you're going to hear more uh, in later parts of the episode from, but introduce your, your friend. Uh, this is Veteran Johnson, better known as Goody Johnson. Goody, welcome Hello. in. Thank you, thank you. A, a newbie to the show, and... Uh, like like all our new guests, you were uh, no exception. You got hit with the new guy questions while we were in Boston. So yes, hitting the hot seat. <laughs> you got you got the hot seat. You didn't really catch on how to play the game at first. <laughs> which, no, which sorry, I, I don't think you even caught on when we finished it. But we'll we'll give you a redo <laughs> on that on another episode. But introduce yourself, Giddy, to the listeners. Well, I am a retired Connecticut State Trooper. Uh, while I was a trooper, I was assigned to the Special Licensing and Firearms Unit, where I did pistol permits, assault weapons questions, gun trafficking, gun tracing. And after retirement, I was selected to be the first female to sit on the Board of Firearms Permit Examiners, to which I still sit. Been sitting a long time. You better stand up and stretch those legs. <laughs> Five years of sitting, yeah, I need a stretch. <laughs> no doubt. So, welcome in, Goody. It's a pleasure to have you on, and uh, it was great meeting you this past week and hanging out with you, getting to know you and the other members of Fleoa that I Thank hadn't you. met yet. Some some new guys, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Dennehy, Tim Dennehy, yeah, Tim Dennehy. I kept calling him Brian Dennehy from Rambo. <laughs> yeah, a former, a past president of Fleoa. The past president of Fleoa. Uh, so uh, we we had the great honor of attending a memorial service for Chris Schopmeyer. And uh, it was awesome. We got to go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, fuck, where am I at? A Boston Red Sox. <laughs> How many Reds yeah. are there? The Boston Red Sox game and uh, a... Awesome part dedication, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show. 
So before we get into that, guys, I hear the jack wagon train rolling in. So we got to take care of a boatload of jack wagons this week. Gunny, bring that train in. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week. So brace yourself, baby. Uh, so the train has stationed, and I'm going to kick this off because I've got a lot of jack wagons that you leadheads have submitted, and I think we should just we should start off with the the most nominated. I've got this uh, this nomination from several of you leadheads. And it's none other than the country music singer Eric Church. You guys familiar with Eric Church? Yeah. A little bit? No. A little bit. Apparently he's got a, <laughs> a few hit songs in the uh, country music arena. Uh, but I think he was at that, that shooting in Las Vegas. And he made a statement. Uh, Rolling Stone did an interview with him. And uh, I'm going to read this, and this was from Leadhead Ashley and Alex K. So uh, thank you guys, and I'm going to read their uh, little note they sent to me. It said, well, here's another jack wagon operator. Uh, and they're not operators, they're just um, passengers. The gunny operates the train and keeps these guys under control, So just so we get that cleared up. It says, until now, Eric Church has been my number one and only favorite country music singer. I just don't get why these Hollywood retards feel their need to get political and point fingers at the NRA for gun violence. Is this man so stupid to say this sort of thing and expect to still have fans? It looks as if this man just got a large shit in his whiskey glass, and I really don't think <laughs> he will like the taste of it. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> Where does the guitar riff for the intro come from? I crank it up every episode. Gets me in the mood for another great show every time. So our bumper music, uh, intro music, comes from a band called Defy. And I think they're out of like Sweden or Switzerland or something like that. But when we first started this show, we actually contacted them, let them know what we did and say, hey... Would it be cool if we used that? So we did get the permission to use that as our, our intro music. And I can't tell you the name of it. I apologize. I don't know the name of that particular, uh, I guess it's a song is what you, if you, there's apps that you can like say, Hey Siri, what is this song? And she'll tell you what it is. You guys ever use those apps? Shazam will do it too. Yeah. Shazam will do it. Okay. So there's another app called Shazam. So, uh, Ashley and Alex K, get that app and uh, just play that, or let it, let your app listen to it, and it'll t it should tell you which which tune that it is. That um, what's the name of that band I just said? Defy. Defy. No, it's not Defy. That's the our watch sponsor. Yeah, I know, but that's what you just said. Yeah, yeah. Did I say two Defy? witnesses? Sorry. <laughs> okay. So strike that. It's it's not Defy. Uh, they are called um, I'm Having a Brain Fart. Wow, that's a hard band name to sell. I'm Having a Brain Fart. Um, yeah. Yeah, the marketing must be hell. <laughs> well, it's the people who do our outro music, Load Your Guns, they're called the Goddamn Gallows. 
Ah, well. That's the name. That plays better. I know that name. <laughs> um, hold on, I'll find it. <laughs> Any other time, I could it just rolled off my fucking tongue. But not tonight. No. Until today. <laughs> uh, they are called Despite. There we go. Okay. Can you see my confusion? Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, so the people who do our opening bumper is despite. You suck. Uh, I'll edit all that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're human. Be human. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they've got a lot of other great, uh, great music too. If you're into that kind of head banging, screaming kind of music, which I am. You'll enjoy that. So back onto our jack wagon. Eric Church blames the NRA and gun lobbyists for Las Vegas mass shooting. This, again, was the interview that he did with Rolling Stone magazine. And here's the article somewhere. It says, Eric Church fans have some strong feelings about the country singer's recent comments about the NRA. On Thursday, Church, who considers himself a Second Amendment guy, Blame the NRA and gun lobbyists for being a roadblock to gun safety in a new interview with Rolling Stone. There are some, this is a quote. There are some things we can't stop, the 41-year-old told Rolling Stone, like the disgruntled kid who takes his dad's shotgun and walks into a high school, but we could have stopped the guy in Vegas. Really? Mm. How, Eric? He broke all the laws already. He added, I blame the lobbyist and the biggest in the gun world is the NRA. The artist was one of the headlining acts of the Route 91 Festival in Las Vegas when a crazed gunman opened fire at the crowd of festival goers while Church's fellow country star Jason Aldean was performing. At least 59 lives were lost during the shooting, which is now known as the biggest mass shooting. It's not a mass shooting, it's a mass murder. Let's get that straight, too. It's a mass murder. Agreed. In modern U.S. history. Uh, but a lot of Church's fans criticized the singer for his comments against the NRA. And there's a bunch of tweets here. So you guys can go to... This is on Fox News. Uh, one comment. I'm done with at Eric Church. I was a huge fan. Good riddance, bud. You just lost 90% of your fan base. Uh, and then it goes... I mean, he gets lots and lots of comments like that. And they're showing them to you here. Um... I haven't read the entire article, uh, and again, I would probably need to read that before I made a complete comment on this, uh, but from what I've heard and what I've seen so far, uh, yeah, um, pretty much he's jackwagon train material, definitely. Well, Church acknowledges that he's going to get blowback, and he says, I don't care. What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. I don't understand why we have to fear a group like the NRA. It's asinine. But see, what people don't understand is that the NRA is us. (laughs) Yeah. It's not. It's like the NRA is a separate entity that doesn't represent anyone. They have no backing. They have no other people that that follow, or not follow them, but um, are members of the NRA. Uh, Like that one guy said, 90% of your followers or fans are, if not the NRA, then another similar organization. Uh, now, I mean, we all know the NRA's not made the the best of decisions lately, so um, you know they've made the jack wagon train a couple of times themselves. Um, but yeah, and another quote: "As a gun guy, the number of rounds the shooter fired was unfucking believable to me." 
Church said, I saw a video on YouTube from the police officer's vest cam, and it sounded like an army was up there. I don't think our forefathers ever thought the right to bear arms was that. Well, yeah, but not to shoot innocent people. That's not right. what the, the Second Amendment is about. This guy broke laws. He broke just Absolutely. about every single law there was that's in place. And what do we do with that? Well, you, you try them, and you convict them, and you punish them. And in his case, well, death is not good enough. It, well, Church goes on in that Rolling Stone article, said, well, why can't we come together and solve this one part? Start with bump stocks on, at gun shows. Shut a couple of these down. I don't think it will matter a bit. I, don't th I think it will save some lives. Yeah, and if you've watched enough YouTube videos with or without bump stocks, it's inertia, and you can handle a a rifle and replicate it with or without a bump stock. Yeah, you can do it with your belt loop. Uh, the bump yeah, stock is absolutely. just again, it's just it's another tangible object that the gun grabbers can point at and use as an example to to ban every gun. Because if you and look at the legislation, like mine, jump right on it. To, to to outlaw it. Yeah, and if you look at the legislation that's in place, it's not to ban bump stocks. It's to ban any device that increases the rate of fire. Bump stock Correct. is not mentioned in that whatsoever. It's any device that increases the rate of fire. Enhanced rate of fire, yep. Yeah, so that is that could be your, your bolt. That could be your gas system. That could be your ammunition that you're using. Uh, it's your finger. Uh, I mean, I, I've brought this up before. If you look at... You know, a shooter like Jerry Mikulik, who's ungodly fast shooting, were they going to outlaw him? <laughs> or minus trigger. Simple, something that simple as a minus trigger. Yeah, exactly. So the, the ultimate goal for them is to get rid of all semi-automatic guns to start off with, and then all guns um, is the ultimate end game. If you look at Europe... You know, Europe's got that huge ban on guns. Well, what are they going after now? They're going after knives now. Yeah. You know, we're going to hear about that in the interview that we got coming up uh, that I was telling you guys about that we did in uh, Massachusetts. We've got Brian Montgomery with Benchmade Knives. Uh, it's got a great interview with him, and uh, he talk, we talked a little bit about that. So we'll get into that in that interview. But, yeah, Eric Church, definitely jack wagon train. And thanks to all you leadheads. I know Troy, S, uh, I know the Kellums. Uh, there were several other you guys that had um, had put Eric Church on it, too. I think Jerry Black uh, also. So thank you guys for that nomination. Well-deserving. So let's move on to it because we got a big one, big, big jack wagon train. So this one was sent in by, I think, I think the Kellums sent this one, too. Let me see. Yeah, the Kellum sent this one too. So this is a cop distracted by phone hits a cyclist head on. And I guess it was like a YouTube video post that went viral and it made the the news. But just to sum it up, so this guy's out riding his bike. He's got a helmet cam on. He comes to a stop sign and it's a, um, we call it where you just got a T, a T stop. T-intersection. A T-intersection. So you got him coming to this T-intersection, and then he's got traffic coming left and to the right. So he's looking left. He's looking right. Uh, this cop's coming in from the right, and you see him just 
plow right into the cyclist. <laughs> and uh, apparently he was looking at his phone. He, he swears up and down he wasn't texting, but he was looking at his phone. And the cop didn't deny it or try to you know cover it up or anything. But I think he was trying to, it's like, hey, guy, you're, you're overreacting here a little bit. Which the guy was, I gotta admit, uh, it, it, he would make it great in the NFL, you know, for for penalties. <laughs> um, but definitely the cop going on the jack wagon train. He should have been paying attention, setting the example, kind of thing. But this guy was a drama queen. I tell you, the cyclist was a drama queen. He's going on the jack wagon train too. I guarantee you, he's just looking for a payday, and yep. uh, you know, I, I hope he gets shut down. But if he was hurt, you know, I feel sorry for him because I mean, he didn't he didn't ask for that; he didn't deserve it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, man up a little bit. Come on. Agreed. Yep. All right, so that's two down. Do you guys have any jack wagons that you want to? Uh, interject with here because I've got a couple more here. I'm I'm on a roll. Well, do we want to get into the state of Massachusetts for a second, or we're gonna we, go that, to that uh, later? I think that's fitting since we you know we were just there. <laughs> we were all just there. We were uh, having dinner. Was it dinner or lunch one day? Lunch. Lunch at Dylan's. Yeah, lunch at Dylan's, and um, we were there for a while, and I never even noticed this huge freaking banner that was across on a, a new construction building parking lot or something they had across the street lot. yeah and then and then goody says well what do you think about that <laughs> well I, I was i could see over your shoulder and I, I all i can see is we're we're not anti and i lean my head a little bit further and i see gun well coming from where where i come from and the background I have, I go to the window to see it, and I see the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Guys, guys, look!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, drop our yeah. drinks, turn around. Holy crap! Really, so they've seen what we're seeing right now. So they've got this huge banner on this. It's a parking lot, and I posted a picture on social media. You guys could go check it out. Uh, it says, "We're not anti-gun." And then there's a big space, and it's hard to see this because the background is black. And then what they've got in between this and we're for life is what the shocking part is. And it says, Massachusetts gun laws save lives. So in between we're not anti-gun and we're for life, there is an AR-15 uh, sticking uh, straight up with the barrel. And in the barrel, there is a white flag for surrender your guns for the subliminal message for those <laughs> who didn't pick up on it it's a, it's supposed to be a subliminal message but i can't think of a more in your face message than that than that yeah so i mean that genius on their part uh absolutely i'll give it to them yeah um because as, as i when i first read that i didn't even see that I didn't, you had to, no, look. you're like, no, look closer. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I see it. We're not anti-gun. We're for life. It's a Massachusetts gun life saves a lot. And you're like, no. And I went out and we went outside. It took the glare, I guess. I, yeah. And I saw, I was like, oh my God. What? 
<laughs> yeah. Surrender your guns. So, yeah. Yep. Jack Wagons, Massachusetts. And then you guys had a lot of comments. Uh, Keith D., Sad that this is Boston, the birthplace of the revolution, when the Redcoats tried to confiscate firearms from colonists. Uh, George B., gun laws or any laws are only there to punish after the fact. True. Agreed. Uh, number one, Chuck, I guess the white flag there is appropriate. Uh, it, it, def <laughs> it definitely sends a message, no doubt. Uh, and then Edward R.B. says, nuts, exclamation point, General Anthony McCulloch. Who, do anybody know who General Anthony McCulloch is? Uh, was Is he a current general or was he a revolutionary war general? Let's see. I'll Google him. Band of Brothers. Okay. <laughs> ah, TV. So General Anthony yeah. Clement Nuts McCulloch was a senior United States Army officer who who earned fame as the acting commander of the U.S. 101st Airborne Division troops defending Bastogne, Belgium, during the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. Nuts. Who played him? I can't remember. I can't remember the last time I watched Band of Brothers. Uh, well, it's been a long time here. Great series. Anyway, uh, I think I get what he's saying there. And let's see, is there any more comments on there? There's some more comments, but you guys can go look at that post. Uh, just some things that our, our brothers up in that neck of the woods are struggling with, so we got to give them our support. Yeah, between Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode, and uh, New York, yeah, that's the triad of gun trouble. And then, of course, there's always Michigan <laughs> as well. <laughs> Poor Bill. Bill's from Michigan. So, um, the Michigan Supreme Court rules schools can ban guns. Lansing, Michigan. Schools can ban guns on their property, the state Supreme Court ruled Friday, upholding policies that Ann Arbor and CLIO districts, how do you say that, Bill? Clio. Clio districts have defended as common sense safety measures designed to prevent disruptions. In a split decision, majority justices said that while the Michigan legislature has the authority to preempt school districts from adopting gun bans, it has not done so here. Justice Bridget McCormick, a Democratic-nominated jurist and lead uh, author on the majority opinion, called the closely watched Ann Arbor and Clio cases straightforward. The legislature has expressly restricted some, but not all, local governments from regulating firearms. Schools, in particular, are not on the preempted list, quite possibly for reasons not difficult to imagine. Cormac added, of course, the legislature, in its wisdom, sees fit to allow open firearms on all school grounds, no matter what local school districts may uh, variously decide it can say no. Uh, and then it goes on. So that's something that you leadheads need to be aware of. What's going on there in Michigan. Uh, and this came from Detroit News. And this story came from one of you leadheads that I cannot find now. But thank you for sending that in. But that's only unless you are a uh, active LEO or, you know, state, local, federal or a uh, retired LEO, uh, we were able to 
the Michigan chapter of FLEO was able to pass a law uh, a few years ago, SB 53, that allowed retired federal law enforcement officers open carry, concealed carry, and pistol-free zones. Oh, sorry. SB 53 allows retired federal law enforcement officers the same rights as perfect. as perfect, as retired or active state and local that law allows retired federal law enforcement officers the rights to carry pistols in pistol-free zones like this. So that's only for federal that 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 doesn't go like for HR218 which I forgot was it was renamed No HR2 I'm sorry. And, and I'm sorry, Han. In addition to that, it gives okay. a, we got that law passed a few years ago, and it, um, just because we federal law enforcement was left out of that. HR two eighteen. No, no, it was a local Michigan rule law, and we were able, able to get a change to allow federal law enforcement officers to carry in pistol free zones, which would include those schools. But that's just law, that's just law enforcement officers. That's not your. Uh, regular concealed right. carry person, right? Regular concealed carry people. Yeah, no, sorry, yeah. it doesn't cover them. But. Yeah. So Michigan Supreme Court, welcome to the Jack Wagon Train. And Matt Matter <laughs> was the uh, lead head that sent that in. So thank you, Matt. We appreciate that. Um, is that? Oh, Austin, Texas. We got to throw Austin, Texas on here. Uh, this is from Troy S. Uh, and so what's going on in Austin? You say. Well, Austin is pretty much turning into to the West Coast. Um, they've got a lot of liberals moving into that area. If you if you have any friends in Texas, they call it the People's Republic of Austin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Wait, what's? Well, we've not heard that from Nick yet. Oh well, he's outside of Austin, so <laughs> he, Nick enjoys his gun gun rights immensely. Trust me. Oh, oh yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Do you want to read this one, Goody? The city report on Confederate monuments raises idea of renaming Austin. <laughs> oh, let's see. Known as both the father of Texas and the namesake of state's capital, Stephen F. Austin carved out early outlines of Texas among his many accomplishments. He also opposed any attempt by Mexico to ban slavery in the province of Tejas, and said if slaves were free that they would turn into vagabonds and nuisance and a menace. For that reason, the city of Austin's equity office suggested renaming the city in a report without existing Confederate monuments that was published this week. Also on the list locates to possibly, uh, yeah, possibly be renamed Pease Park, the Bolden Creek neighborhood Barton Springs and 10 streets named for William Barton, the Daniel Boone of Texas, who was a slave owner. To be sure, the identified streets and parks are only suggested for reconsideration. And the city, Bolden Creek, Pease Park, and Barton-related landmarks, a group that includes Barton Springs, were included in a lower tier list of assets for secondary review in the report. 
Still, the report did identify several streets staff consider related to the Confederacy and worthy of more immediate action. These streets are Littlefield Street, Tom Green Street, Sneed Cove, Reagan Hill Drive, Dixie Drive, Confederate Ave, Plantation Road. The city estimates that it would cost $5,956 to rename these seven streets. You know what I want to know? I want to know how much it cost them to do this study. Yes. And background to find out the the what these streets were and who they were named after, which at this point yes. in time, I guarantee you nobody and their great-great-grandmother could tell you <laughs> who Littlefield was, who Tom Green is, who Sneed Cove was named after, who any of these Everybody's going to say Tom Green is a can- is a, is a com- uh, Canadian comedian and Yeah, he lost his left that. nut. Yeah, exactly. And Reagan Hill Drive, named after President Reagan. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, I mean, this is complete it's completely ridiculous. Uh, I just and naming renaming Austin, that's not going to happen. You think they're going to rename the city of Austin? No. No. I think most Texans would have an issue with that one. Well, you would think, but uh, apparently well, they they spent a shit ton of money on this, and they're they're concerned that another six thousand dollars to change the name is going to uh, be an issue. I guarantee you, they spent at least two two hundred fifty thousand dollars at least um, doing the research on this. Well, I mean, changing the changing Austin would it require a heck of a lot more than the seven streets i mean that's you got universities you got airports you got all kind it's just ridiculous ridiculousness the the links that these people are going to to dig through history and try to erase our history oh my gosh it's i I mean it's not the it's not our highlight of history but it's history nonetheless right yeah i mean it's it's where we started it's where we came from you know good bad or ugly like you said it's you learn from it and absolutely going We're doing back to and repeat it punishing these people now it does no good it's just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna take your name away because you had slaves back in the 1800s yeah i mean they're not they weren't named these these people weren't named didn't have these streets and these cities named after them because they had slaves. It's because they did other great things for the areas, the cities, our you know our country. So look Absolutely. look that stuff up, and let's talk about that. I mean, yes, there there's no argument here that slavery was bad, and I don't well, know, I'm, not, I'm not getting into that decision. The I'm not going to get into that discussion. were slave owners. Yeah, I'm not getting into that that discussion. So I mean, it's <laughs> it's a dead end discussion. It's that black hole that they want to suck you into. Um, so, I mean, it just goes without saying that slavery was bad and is still bad because there are some areas of the world where there's still slavery. Absolutely. It's called human trafficking and it happens every day yeah. and in places you don't think of. Yeah. So let's concentrate like right on my state. <laughs> let's concentrate on that and this money that you're spending to go back and do this, these civil war uh, history reports, spend it on stopping the current issues and problems that we're having with human trafficking. All right, I'm off my soapbox on that one. But, again, thank you, Troy, for sending that jack wagon in. Huge, huge, huge jack wagon train this week. Guys, Gunny appreciates your participation, and he will make sure to secure 
and haul these jack wagons off to a place where us normal people don't have to worry about them anymore. <laughs> Get that train out of here, Gunny. All right, so... Before we get into our interviews, I've got some people to thank here. We want to thank all the sponsors of Talking Lead, all the companies that make it possible for you leadheads each and every episode to enjoy our uh, witty banter, <laughs> if you want to call it that. The official optics of Talking Lead, Bill, is? Right on optics, Arizona. There you go. Veteran-owned company, family-owned company, making some high-quality optics for some amazing prices, very affordable prices. Red dot scopes, binoculars. Soon they're going to have range finders. So you guys check them out right on USA. Make sure you go back to last week's episode where we had J-Mac on, and he's educating us monthly, doing monthly segments with us to educate us on optics. X Steel Targets. X Steel Targets. The best, most affordable AR500 steel targets are, Bill? What? X Steel Targets. <laughs> Sorry, X Steel Targets. On the market. <laughs> On the market. Team. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys go xsteeltargets.com. Check out all Sorry, the. The cool-ass targets that they've got there. Any and everything that you think that you would uh, possibly want, they have there. And if it's not, you can get in touch with Bud and the gang there at x Targets. And they will custom make a target for you. Uh, and they, they're they getting into a lot of other things as well. They're uh, soon to have Cerakoting services. And uh, they've got some cool distressed flag art that they're going to be doing as well. I don't know if I'm supposed to announce that or not, but I'm telling you today because I talked to Bud and he was telling me about it. So he didn't tell me not to tell you. XSteelTargets.com. Who's the official wristwear of Talking Lead? Defy. Defy watches. That's right. Make sure you guys go. And by the time you hear this, the discount of 44% uh, is over. It was the end of July. You guys had several weeks there to take advantage of that deal. Uh, but as you're listening to this show, sadly, you missed out. But there's still great deals there. The value that you're getting on those watches is unbelievable just at regular retail price. But never fear. You know Jeremy always comes on the show and hits you guys with some amazing deals. So uh, there'll be another one coming soon. And then, of course, our 10 watches for 10 vets. We gave two of those watches away last week. And stay tuned because we're going to be giving away some more this episode. Modern Spartan Systems. Don't just clean your firearms, Goody. You want to optimize your firearms with Modern Spartan Systems. They have a full line of cleaning products, such as their oils, their carbon destroyers, their copper destroyers. They also have some greases that are awesome for your gun. And, of course, what do I put in the lead sled, Bill? What keeps her running? TVT. The TVT engine oil additive. I'm up to 320,000 miles in the old lead sled and still kicking. 
I put it in 321 once you drive your happy ass up to Michigan for shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, bullshit, dude. Yeah. We'll and where would that. I find these fabulous products, Marty? So you're just going to go to modernspartansystems.com, Giddy, and uh, you're going to use that Leadhead discount code, uh, which is Leadhead, and they're going to give you a nice discount there. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, modernspartansystems.com. Check them out. 1776 United, the official swag providers of Talking Lead. Guys can go there and get our T-shirts. We've got the classic T-shirts. We've got the Lead Head Brigade T-shirts. We've got the Lead Head Brigade patches there. Uh, the tumblers are still we're, we're this close. He just released his tumblers. So 1776 United has uh, their version of the Talking Lead Leadies or the Black Assault mugs there. Um, so I guess he wanted to release his before he released mine. But you can still get Talking Leads at dip123.com forward slash Talking Lead. They are better than a Yeti. They're a Leddy. What? Yes. <laughs> the Talking Lead Black Assault mugs. Don't be a snowflake. Get them today. Dip123.com forward slash Talking Lead. Baby. <laughs> so we're going to get into our interviews from... Boston, where we are honoring Chris Schottmeyer, uh, a great FLIOA board member, uh, activist. And a wildlife fisheries officer. Wildlife right. and fisheries officer with NOAA, the is it National Oceanic Administration, whatever those yeah. NOAA call signs. Yeah. It's National Oceanic. Oceanic. Yes. And atmospheric. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right, one of you say it correctly. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric, I forgot what the H is. Administration. Oh, okay. The National Oceanic. Oceanic and Atmospheric. Administration. Administration. There you go. Okay, so he was was a federal agent for them, and he did a lot of great (laughs) things (laughs) with them as well. Not only uh, uh, serving our country... Uh, but also his community. He was well loved, and uh, there was a lot of a lot of support there for him. I was very humbled and uh, sad that I didn't get to know Chris myself. Uh, but Gunny, kick off our interviews for us. Howdy! Hit it, sweetheart. Sorry, I sir. All right, Leadheads, welcome back to the Talking Lead Podcast. And this is a very special episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Coming to you guys from Boston. We're at the, is this the Hilton? Hilton Back Bay. Hilton Back Bay. So you may hear a little echo in the room. So we're in a, we're in a little conference room here. Uh, so our, our audio may sound a little differently, but uh, still going to be the awesome quality that you Leadheads are used to. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and get started because this is going to be uh, a very awesome episode. Uh, we, are, we are here in Boston for a reason, 
And we're going to go around the table, and uh, we've got our, our good buddies, Nate and Bill and Carl. Carl. I was just trying to say Carl. I probably should have got your name. <laughs> and uh, you guys are familiar with, with Nate and Bill, but I'm going to go ahead and have them introduce them uh, to you new leadheads that may have not heard our past episodes with them. So, Nate, we'll start with you. Thanks, Marty. I'm Nate Katura. I'm the National President for the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. It's a mouthful. It sure is. We just say FLEOA. Just it's, FLEOA. Just, it's a lot easier. It is. It's, it's much easier. Much great. Uh, Bill Hampstead, Vice President, Member Benefits for FLEOA. Bill Doe Teabaggins. <laughs> <laughs> As he's affectionately known. Uh, by Marty. To you, Ledhead. Or Lefty. Yeah. 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 And then Carl? It's Carl Greider, and I'm with the uh, Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox. Woohoo! Yeah, baby. So we're going to go to a game a little bit later today. Uh, Boston's playing Minnesota. Correct. The Twins. Uh, as we're speaking, Boston is on top of the Major League Baseball. They're they're number one right now. Yeah, the best record in baseball at seventy one and thirty two. Seventy one and thirty two. I was close. I said thirty four. Man, I wish the Tigers were somewhere even close to that, but nope. <laughs> no. They'll get back there one day. I hope. Maybe not this year. No. So how many games are left in this season? A bunch. So they play 161 for the full season. So still got a, a handful. Um, second half should be exciting. We have a bunch of AL East games, especially against the Yankees. So should should have a good second half here. Hopefully we can stay on top. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's not the reason why we're here, but it's one of the things that we're going to do while we're here. Right. So uh, we'll leave it to you guys uh, to, to talk about the special occasion while we've gathered in Boston. You can take that one, Nate. All right. So that's All great. Right. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So we're, we're here uh, to honor and celebrate uh, our good friend. Uh, his name is uh, Chris Schottmeyer, and he was a very important uh, officer of uh, FLEOA. He, was, he carried a number of, of uh, titles and roles in FLEOA, and, and um, through the years, anybody that got to know Chris knew that he was one of these guys who, I guess for lack of a better word or phrase, you could say he was kind of, and it's kind of a cliche, but it kind of fit Chris. He was yeah. like salt of the earth guy. Right. He, he, he was one of these guys who was just down, down to earth. He didn't care about who you were, what your background was or anything. He treated you like you would want to be treated. He's just one of those type of guys. Right. Solid dude. So, solid, solid dude as solid comes, right? And, um, you know, Chris was very, uh, he's a very passionate man, and he loved the outdoors. He loved, you know, conservation. He was a, uh, a special agent with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Uh, also known as NOAA. Uh, NOAA, yep. Yeah. And... Uh, so he, 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 you know, he kind of had some opposite views of some of the more uh, avid fishermen in the area and stuff. But, but Chris was, uh, was, was very fair, and, uh, but he was very, very passionate about, about it and wanted to make sure that, you know, our lands, our waters were, were clean and free and, and that everybody, no matter where, where you are, you had an opportunity to enjoy our national parks and wherever that you you were from you could enjoy the, the outdoors and and that was kind of who who chris was and he was um one of these national officers in fleoa where you know he would you ask him to do something and he would be the first one to raise his hand and volunteer 
He was that type of a guy, and he did that time, time and time and time again. And one of the things that he started to do was, out of nowhere, he just started to volunteer for the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund in Washington, D.C. to help set up these law enforcement appreciation games, and he, mm-hmm. did, he did them here in Boston at Fenway Park. Okay. And uh, he was uh, it was one I think one of the, one of the most uh, attended events all across all across Major League Baseball, and that was because of of Chris's hard work and the things that he would uh, do to get people out to these events. Yeah, and you worked hand in hand with him, Carl, on on organizing organizing those events here at Fenway. Yeah, we started. I started with the Red Sox in, in 2013, and even prior to that, he was working with the Red Sox organization, putting these events together. Uh, I think at the time, there was only maybe six or eight teams that were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, now the Memorial Fund is pretty much every MLB team does a, a law enforcement night with mm-hmm. proceeds benefiting the Memorial Fund out of D.C. Okay, very nice. And and tonight, uh, we're going to honor Chris during the uh, the Minnesota game. Correct. We're going to do a, a pregame ceremony, um, bring his family out onto the field. Uh, and I know um, Nate and Bill could talk more about Shotzi, the canine dog, but we're going to bring out the canine dog uh, that's in training and do a pregame um, ceremony, put Chris on this, his image on the scoreboard and, and obviously uh, recognize his efforts for what he's done for the Red Sox and for the law enforcement community. Yeah, very good. I'm, I'm just I'm very honored to be here. and I got chills when you're telling me about that. So. I'm really looking forward to that tonight. It's going to be an awesome game. Yeah, going down on Fenway Field. I is... mean, even if we don't see the game, but it's going to be awesome. Just that ceremony is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. No, going down on Fenway awesome is amazing. <laughs> it's one of those fields you just – its you can't really say yeah. what it is. I mean, it's just an awesome experience to be standing it's down on Fenway. It's got a reputation. That, yeah. I, I work there every day, and every day it's just you're amazed when walking into the building. It's like I'm at Fenway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the last original parks, isn't it? That yeah, Wrigley? Um, Fenway is the oldest. Wrigley is, I believe, two years behind that. And then you jump up to Dodger Stadium. So it's, you could say Fenway and Wrigley are the, the last of the – The last of the, the original. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love coming to this park. Uh, this is one of my favorite cities you know, in the country, hands down. Milwaukee's you know, second close. Detroit. The food here is <laughs> awesome. We had a, had a sampling of it last night. We went to an Italian restaurant. It was called Nate <coughs> – Giacomo's. There we go. Yes, Giacomo's. Giacomo's yeah. Mm-hmm. On the south end. South end is like a family-owned Italian restaurant. It wasn't wasn't a huge place. I mean, there's probably, what, 20, 30 tables maybe. Tops. Uh, tops. Uh, but there was a standing line outside to get in. Right. People were just If anybody goes there. In the rain. In the rain. <laughs> yeah, but if anybody goes there, just a heads up, cash only. Oh, yeah, it's cash only. Thank yeah. God we had cash on us. Yeah, uh, but it was really good. I enjoyed that. So if you... You guys, you lead heads and you lead heads around here, or you're coming to Boston, go check out Giacomo's. Giacomo's. I can't even say Giovanni's. <laughs> Giacomo's. Good place. Uh, great food. Great Italian food. Yes, yeah. it was. Now, this, this isn't just going to end tonight with um, the dedication at the ball game. There's actually a, a ceremony and a park dedication that's going to happen up in New Hampshire. Correct. Right? right? Talk about that. All right. Uh, when Chris passed, unfortunately, um, he was known for putting on the was it Newmarket Fishing Derby. Yeah, he did a, a yeah. trout. Uh, he did for the children. He would organize a, a trout uh, fishing derby for children oh, okay. to get them at interested in the fish. I don't know if it was at this park, but it was okay. in in, uh, in, in Newmarket. Newmarket. Right. Yep, I yeah. got you. 
So because of that, there was a plot of land. It was purchased in honor of Chris, and uh, they turned it into a park. Fleoa uh, sponsored a couple of uh, absolutely gorgeous granite benches with, in honor of Chris, engraved with the Fleoa logo and all that. So there is a dedication of the park. It's finally done on Saturday. Cool. And then afterwards, we'll be going to do a gathering at his favorite watering hole, which I cannot remember the name of right now. But it's oh. a cool little bar. Okay. Do you know what it Are is? You- are you I, making it? I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm in a wedding on Saturday. Oh, that's right. So, you told me that. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I'm not going to be able to make it. Bummer. So uh, the park dedication. That's in Newmarket, New Hampshire. Newmarket, New Hampshire. Okay. The uh, bar was Riverwalk, I believe. Riverworks. 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 Right. Okay. That sounds like a pretty good watering hole right yes, there. Yes, it does. So we're going to have a good time at Riverworks. Uh, we will. So this is, this is, this is going to be an awesome weekend. We already kicked it off, like I said, yesterday. Went out and had some good food, uh, good times today. Uh, about was seven is that game starts around yeah the start seven. time on the game is seven ten. Okay. so the actual ceremony is probably going to be sometime in that 645 to 655 range is when they'll actually do the ceremony for chris okay and you were talking about uh he did a lot uh, with the service dogs as well talk, talk a little bit more about what chris did with service dogs and what you guys did at the park there yeah definitely um back in uh 2014 you know chris would always text me email me crazy ideas of what he wants to do for the next law enforcement night the next flea night and we'd go have lunch and kind of weed down the list and say okay here's what's doable here's what we're not able to do and came up with a, a fantastic idea that really took off in in 2014. Uh, he suggested that we form a committee and we have all law enforcement agencies across the country submit uh, for a canine of the year dog. Okay, um, cool. And then Chris and his team kind of formed the subcommittee of about six people, and they narrowed the list down to about eight or nine uh, canine dogs. So on RedSox.com, we put up a page where fans can go on and vote for who their uh, the top canine dog was based off the story. And then we brought all the canines onto the field prior to the game, and then we announced the winning canine dog, which is the uh, Norfolk, Connecticut Police Department. Oh, congratulations to Norfolk. Yeah. And when? how long ago was that? That was back in the summer of uh, 2014. Okay. And then the Shotzi that's going to be there today is a service dog. Is that correct? Correct. He's a, a canine in training, and I think Bill can explain a little bit more about Shotzi. A little bit more. His actual handlers or trainers are here, but they got in super early this morning, and they are crashing for a little bit before they come over here. Okay. Uh, but Shotzi, obviously named in honor of Chris, uh, is being trained by Havoc Canine out of Utah. Havoc Canine does training for eventual canine dogs uh, for free and then donates the dogs to police departments. And right now, I believe Boston PD is looking at picking up Shotzi, which would be a great nice. honor. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Hopefully they do. So we got more people that we're going to be interviewing yep. um, throughout the day Correct. before game time. Uh, we weren't able to set up. I know we told you guys that we're going to be at Fenway Park, but uh, for uh, whatever reasons – I mean, they have their good reasons. Uh, we're not going to be able to record there, um, so we're going to do everything beforehand. So we've got some more people coming in for some interviews. So as you guys are listening to this, go ahead and go to our social media posts because we'll be taking pictures during the game and, and during the, the ceremony the next day in New Hampshire. And uh, Yeah, and look for be Marty. He's going to be down on field uh, recognized. So. <laughs> 
He's not happy with me. You'll about have that to one, go to a rerun if they if they play reruns because uh, by the time they hear this game's over with. You know? Right. But, oh, the social media. I'll get pictures for you when you're down on field. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So that ought to be. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> There's no hiding. So tell us who, tell us who who we've got coming up to, to interview today. Okay. And then we got Brian Montgomery, uh, who the lead heads have heard before. He's been on the show a few times. He'll be coming in eventually. He's Benchmade. Yep, Benchmade Knife Company. Um, Gudrun Johnson, former former Army canine handler, Connecticut State Trooper. She will be wandering down at some point. Goody. Goody. So lots lots more coming. Lots heads. more. So, so stay tuned, and we will be back with more from Boston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, before we get to the other interviews, uh, since Carl is a new guy to the Talking Lead podcast, we're not going to let him get away that easily. And I don't think we've hit Nate with these questions either, so we're going to hit them both with the new guy, new guy, new guy questions. So the first question is, what's your earliest recollection or memory of shooting a firearm? We'll start with Nate. Well, I started to hunt with my dad at the age of 10. So we went uh, in Wisconsin, where I'm from. Deer hunting is a, a national pastime. I mean, I would say a half of the state mm-hmm. hunts in November uh, during... Put that meat on the table. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so um, I went with my father, my two older brothers, and um, and so I got to go out to the range and shoot a few a few times prior to it. Mm-hmm. But the first year, this is a great story because it kind of uh, initiated me into this whole culture, right, mm-hmm. of deer hunting. So uh, we trot out into this woods that's about a half mile it's november it's cold there's snow on the ground right and uh, i would hope so in wisconsin yep i'm standing about uh maybe 100 feet from my dad he's got a separate stand so i'm standing at another place not too far from him and along comes um i forget how big the deer was but he he was about a four pointer six pointer and he goes and he shoots it with he has at the time he was carrying a uh, ruger 44 magnum oh dang (laughs) rifle Rifle. Okay. Okay. That's a and, hand uh, cannon. Well, <laughs> they are. My brother has one, and uh, he actually shot a black bear with that one. But that's a whole different story. Uh, but for 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 this one, so my my dad. But my dad wasn't. He was a decent shot. But this time, the deer turned from him, and he shot it in the rear end. Oh dang! And since I was new, um, I was the new guy. I got to hold the the rear legs, and he was cleaning it out, and it you know he had, oh, he yeah, shot it was messed he, it he, up. It, yeah messed it up. It was pretty <laughs> nasty. I almost lost my cookies there. Yeah, but it kills a kill. Yeah, but anyway, um, that was the kind of my first experience, and so I've you know since then uh, you know I bird hunt, I bear hunt. So deer what's your hunt. what's your earliest regulation of actual trigger time shooting? Trigger time shooting, shooting was was what was, was the ten. Oh, uh, the first thing was shooting. Um, a three hundred three British, three hundred three British. Yes. Okay. Yep. Ten years old. Nice. Ten years old. Yep. And then I shot my dad's forty four. Again, it was a rifle, not a pistol. Yeah. Um. And um. So that was about ten, eleven, and uh, so I didn't do a lot of shooting then. Uh. As um. As I got older, and then I accumulated my own firearms, and you know, but right. at the very now, do young you still age, have the those rifles, the the British and the, the actually my older brother has them. Okay, so they're still in the family. They are. That's that's awesome. Yep. Yep. Bunch of shotguns and and all that as well. So yep. absolutely. Very cool. Yep. Carl? So I don't have a, a great story like that to tell. <laughs> uh, my extent of 
Firearms would be probably a super soaker water gun. There you uh, go. So I've never shot a, a rifle firearm before in my life. We need to correct you. Yeah, I, I'm we growing up. My my dad was an avid hunter. Um, you know, every Friday after Thanksgiving, headed out for a week. And I think as a kid, I, he would come back with nothing. So I <laughs> kind of lost interest and stuck with playing baseball, basketball, your normal sports, but never got into hunting or, or shooting firearms. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. That's why we're here. We're going to help you with that. We're going we're gonna to get you down to Tennessee. Okay. Let's shoot some guns. Have a good time. So next question, um, and, and we know law enforcement, military, service. Uh, Nate, talk about your background a little bit. Oh, sure thing. So I'm um, 28 years as a, fe- a federal agent. Uh, I spent um, the first eight years of my career from uh, 1990 to 1998 as a U.S. as a Deputy U.S. Marshal, mm-hmm. and then uh, 1998, I uh, kind of kind of switched up uh, things, and I went into the white collar. So I worked for the uh, Social Security Administration, Inspector General's office, doing uh, now, white collar. Does that mean you just got a desk job? Is that what that means? Sort of, <laughs> but um, you know, I'm, I'm going after uh, people that are uh, stealing, they're scamming, and uh, sometimes when their entire lifestyle it is, is dependent on that uh that stealing those paychecks uh, and stuff um they'll 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 fight you okay. and um and uh you know you would think as a deputy u.s marshal i was involved in some pretty you know uh, dangerous situations and mm-hmm. went after some pretty bad om- hombres yeah. but um so who's the baddest you went after oh i mean uh, this guy, I mean, he escaped from a county jail. Actually, got a hacksaw blade and cut through the bars of a oh, window to jail. Escaped, uh, went to um, Mexico, and uh, so we followed him down there and eventually caught him. But it was several months later, and I got to take two trips down to um, Mexico. So, was there any was there any uh, gunfire exchange with this guy? No, no, he went peacefully. Oh, okay. You know, I want a shootout story, man. Well, the closest one I can give give you was when I guess I was uh, a few years back. I I was with uh, Social Security, and uh, we were um, investigating the disappearance of this uh, suspect's um, other in law. And uh, so Social Security had been paying checks to, to her for like years and years and years, but suddenly nobody knows where she, she is. So we, my partner and myself and a deputy sheriff go to this guy's residence, and this is in the middle of nowhere. Right. And uh, he knows we're coming, and we get to the house, and he's not coming out. It's real quiet. And there's, it just, it's one of those situations where the hair stands in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. And um, you know something's not right. Yeah, something's yeah. not right here. Finally, his wife comes out, and she's not coming towards us. She's staying back. He's, at about a few minutes after, after that, he pops out of nowhere, and he starts screaming at me. <laughs> and I just, you know, trying to calm him down. Like, we just want to talk. Yeah, and uh, what's going on. Right, exactly. And he's probably about three feet from me, and he pulls out a um, metal shank. It's like a rusty metal file. Yeah, metal file. And he's thrusting it at me. I almost shot him. He came within a second. If he wouldn't have dropped that, I would have plugged him there at that point. I would have. He was – my finger was in the trigger. I was ready to shoot, and he dropped it. He he came that close. So that was the closest I ever came to shooting somebody, but he came damn close. So I take it he was stealing his mother's uh, Social Security. Yeah, he and his wife. He and his wife. Did they murder her? 
We never found the body. We really? have no idea. We have our theories what happened because he, um, he actually ran a, a dump, I guess. Oh, and, yeah. And so, and what's also funny is um, her other son, so it would be her, his brother-in-law, um, we can't find him either. Oh, really? Uh, their, their story was they're on a long RV trip across the country. <laughs> I guess they still are. This sounds like a forensic files case right there. <laughs> I love yeah. Forensic Files. You should turn that one over to Forensic Files. No, a man. story on it, man. That man, awesome. we, we had everything out on So this. introduce the lovely young lady that just walked in. Uh, this that, is our good friend, uh, Goody Johnson, and she's a uh, retired Connecticut state trooper good and one. just uh, all-around good friend, and we're happy that she's here to join us to uh, celebrate our uh, for Chris. Yeah. Welcome in, Goody. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect timing because you're here for the new guy questions. Mm. And you're, you're a new guy. The SMG questions, great. It. You're, you're a new guy. Um, I'm a new girl. We're going to, well, guy. Uh, no. I mean, it's. Lady. lady. God made me woman first. Okay. <laughs> All right. Trooper second. Okay. And you're a Buddhist. <laughs> you need to put that out there, huh? Okay. <laughs> I got to throw that out there. I've never Hang met on. a Buddhist before. You're the first <sighs> Buddhist that I've ever met. So it's intriguing. Oh, God. So we're going to back up one question. Okay. What's your earliest recollection of shooting a firearm? Six years old. You were six? Yeah. Okay. Well, Tell it, us it the was, occasion. It was mostly because of my brother. My brother... Uh, <laughs> you shot your brother? No, 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 no. <laughs> my, my brother, who was a hellmaker from coming out of the womb, was, took a fascination to guns. And my mother decided that, well, she had a lot of police friends. So we had a local police officer come over and teach us how to shoot. Oh, well, that's cool. To at least get the wow factor off of it from my yeah. brother. Yeah, the stigmatism. Yep, I was six, he was four. Do you remember what kind of gun that was? It was, was it a revolver? It, mm, or was it semi-auto? Don't, don't remember. remember. It was whatever the PD was carrying at the Did time. Did you cry? No, no. No? At six? You were just, you were yeah. like, let me shoot again? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> do it again, do it again. <laughs> yeah, I can do this, and it goes boom, cool. <laughs> yeah? So where are you from originally? Connecticut. Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was born in Massachusetts and raised well during the during the school year, Connecticut, in the summers in Louisiana. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and your background, right? Tell us what what you do again. Oh. I know Nate told us, but <laughs> um, I'm a retired Connecticut State Trooper. I was also in the Army as an MP dog handler. I was the only only female in my unit because I have a non-gender specific first name, and this was in the late '80s, early '90s. So I will let you figure out how much fun that was. Right. <laughs> Goody. It wasn't. <laughs> Goody Johnson. What kind of what kind of dogs did you handle? Uh, my training dog and my permanent party dog were both Malinois. Okay. Uh, Harry was a 98-pound beast. He was my training dog, and one of the rules for handling him or, or handling any of the dogs, if you put the choke chain on wrong, you had to carry him back to the kennel and put it on right. Oh. The training area was two miles away from the kennel, so I was OCD <laughs> about checking it. <laughs> oh, just checking it all the time to make sure I didn't right. have to carry 98 pounds of dog two miles back to the kennel. No doubt. <laughs> wow. Would the dog even let you carry it back? Yeah. Oh. Harry's a good, Harry's a good boy. It's just yeah. carrying for two miles. That would have been a painful experience. I so think I, for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go to Carl now. And uh, no law enforcement, no military background. Anybody in your family? Yeah. Um, I had my 
most of my family were, were Navy. Uh, my brother, I have a twin brother. He was in the Air Force. Um, I have cousins that are police officers. One's a, a, a police officer in Reading, Pennsylvania. The other one is down in Virginia. Okay. So um, it's in your blood. So some good friends of mine, really good friends of mine, are, are police officers. So Yes. Very good. So, uh, and we talked a little bit about your background, so we, mm-hmm. we kind of did two and one there with you. Mm-hmm. So that gets us back on track to question number three. <laughs> Unless you've got like a, an awesome, cool story you want to tell us about when you served. What, in the military? Yeah. No, let's not. Okay. Let's not go there. Okay. We I mean, go. well. Uh, you don't have to. No, it's a tale of two cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, especially being the female in my unit. Yeah. <laughs> she got a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from, from the day I got to the unit, when my commander decided to say, you want to be treated like one of the boys? I'll treat you like one of the boys. Opens up the drawer. There's a giant thing of Johnny Walker. And he said, catch. I caught it literally by the bottom third. He said, drink to the thumb line. (laughs) Don't remember the next day. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hell of a way to get broken in, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but you know, company training, we had risk tournaments. We went uh, to some brewery tours. Um, <laughs> it, it was a different military than today's military. <laughs> cool. Question three. Mm-hmm. We'll start with Nate again, or whoever wants to take it. So when it comes to pop culture, what's your go-to, whether it's a, a movie, a TV show, a magazine, maybe a song, maybe something else that's gun-related that you go to? Where you get your information from. Gun-related. Or you enjoy. Well, I usually, usually I get things ju- right from my Google feed. Because Google feed... Just like Google. You just go to Google no, and do go- it. No, my Google feed, if you had to have mm-hmm. go- Google Now, yeah. it it figures out what you like and sends you stories okay. from around the internet. And I, that's, I get a lot of that in my Google feed, so I'll just read okay. stories. And we know Carl's not into firearms, but, <laughs> I mean, there's there's got to be a movie, you know, shoot 'em up movie or something like that, or TV show that you really enjoy. I mean, I... I Tend to watch a lot of like the law enforcement movies, um, all the CI, CSI shows that are out there. You digging my, those. My favorite movie of all time is Usual Suspects. Oh, there you go. So there's plenty. That's a of, great uh, movie. Plenty yeah. of action in that movie. Yeah, the Usual Suspects. Casual. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. So for for me, for my my kids and all this too, is I have a hard time watching police related movies or right. TV, especially Critiquing TV shows a lot because they're just so bad they're just so unrealistic but saying that there are a few over the years that I really enjoyed uh, Hill Street Blues when I was a kid growing up I showing loved, your age now showing I, I am age. showing my age loved <laughs> Hill Street Blues still my all-time favorite the second was NYPD Blue okay I loved that show for some Who's reason in that uh um, NYPD Blue. I remember that. That was uh, Dennis. He showed, oh, yeah. He showed his butt in one episode, if I remember correctly. Uh, I can't forget his life. <laughs> yeah, I know you're, you're talking catching about. me off guard. I could, I could bring That's it. another old one, though. You're showing your age again. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and on, on HBO, there was a series called The Wire. Oh, God, that was so good. And, uh, I've heard that was good. I've not seen that so yet. Good. You know, the, uh, the technology you see for today is completely outdated. But at the time... It was cutting edge, and the and the series received quite a bit of criticism from police because it actually gave away our yeah. tradecraft. Oh, okay. And so it was a little it, too accurate. It was it was compl- it was very accurate. It was like yeah, because I did some of that stuff, <laughs> and uh, it's like and you know we're you, 
as police, we have to be very protective of our craft because, you know, the bad guys are watching us yeah. and they're constantly updating their t- uh, techniques and, and trying to outdo us. But now you could watch it, that the technology there is so outdated. But a lot of it is good old-fashioned police work, too. Yeah. And that is, you know... They, is that still on HBO? Or yeah. No. You well, can get it on demand. Yeah. If you okay. go but it's not HBO. like a still no. doing new episodes. No, it was just, I think, three years or something. Or something if like you go that. on HBO Go, you can watch the watch you can binge watch the whole thing. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those that I've got, like, it's to do. Yeah. One of my to do binge watches. I've got other ones. Your bucket it. list for TV. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right, I got to do this one first, and then I got to finish this one. And then I, I can't start a bunch at one time, you know, to do the binge watch. Then watching. you screw up storylines and, oh, that's not that yeah. shit. I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a great point you, you know, you bring up there. Yeah. Yeah, it was still good. It was well. It was well done, well acted. I mean, they, they definitely had some good technical experts on that mm-hmm. show. But for the most part, you watch some of these police shows on there today. They're just they're. I just can't watch. I guess like my kids. I watched, like, oh, uh, great. One of my favorites was Longmire. I did like Longmire. I Longmire did watch Longmire, awesome. and that was good. Yeah, I, love I know. It's, I mean, it wasn't realistic, and I mean, but sort of it is. The it western was just a sheriffs, fantasy, you know, getaway release. You know, western kind of. sheriffs are like that, though. Oh yeah, oh yes, That's the way they are. Well, I mean, some of them, yeah. yeah. I like, I like. So in the beginning, like the first like season or two, and then he started getting a little more ridiculous, and I mm-hmm. started getting mad at him because he wouldn't. Anyway, that's Longmire. Uh, what about you, movie-wise? Just any movie. What's your favorite movie? Ooh, Goody. It depends on what I'm in the mood for. What's your just go-to? You're gonna sit down. I can, you know, it's your comfort movie. I could, I could watch this anytime. There's too many. What's first one popped in your mind right now? What are you thinking of? Uh, Godfather Two. Godfather Two. Yeah. Ooh. I, I love. Stop. I love Godfather Two. <laughs> your peanut gallery is is up in arms. <laughs> <laughs> Build O.T. baggage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a historical point. I've been on three episodes of Real Stories of the Highway Patrol. If you want, if you want to go, really? Age, yes. <laughs> You've been on them. Yes. You're, so you're you're a TV star. I am not. I am not. Well, do you know was, the the episode numbers? I wish I did. Um, I've I had been. Tro- the, some of my friends have been looking for them, and I don't. What is the series again called? Real stories of the Highway Patrol. Real stories of the Highway. Is that on History Channel or no, Discovery? I, no, it was on Network, and they uh, every once in a while Fox will will play old episodes from it. Oh, cool. Were you busting somebody? Um, one was my first marijuana arrest, and the uh, the one that took up half of the show was it was a street fight in Danielson, and. Uh, we had to break up the fight of one of the, a guy that was in my car. I had the cameraman and the sound guy behind me, and his nose was bloody. He was filling up his his mouth with blood and, oh, and spitting, it, spit it, spitting on it on me. And we get into the barracks, and the girlfriend said, "You know he's HIV positive, right?" I'm like, "Oh, yeah." So then I had to go to the hospital, get tested. So start that's another offense, because yeah. It, uh, Attempted, what do they call it? Was well, attempted it, murder? It was not at the time. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it, it was. It was just people plain, get... plain, plain old assault on a police officer. Oh. I mean, at least he just he he just let his mouth. So I think you're okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that, but those the the earlier medications that to per well to, yeah. to help an exposure were kind of harsh. Yeah. <laughs> they made you sick. They made you very sick. Oh man. So you guys can go back and see Goody in 
few of those episodes. That's awesome. Say, yeah, if you, if you ever find them. You Have they got the guy spitting on you? Is that it actually, did they get that on? You can see this. You can see he's doing something. You can't see that he's spinning on me because it's dark oh and, and all you can see are the, the street lights going up Main Street and Danielson can over to the barracks. Can you put hoods on people? We don't have them. I just said it's law enforcement. Yeah, DOC has allowed bit hard spit shields, but I we don't. Uh, we just did it old-fashioned way. So when I was a deputy U.S. marshal, I flew on what we called Con Air. This is the air <laughs> lift that you know flies prisoners uh, uh-huh. across the country. So whenever we had a, a prisoner that decided that he wanted to spit, we just broke out the pantyhose. It's and we put pantyhose over his head. Perfect. And that's how he sat the rest of the flight with pantyhose over his right? head. Right. And that's what they should do. Mm-hmm. It works perfectly. Nip it. Control just top pantyhose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. positively have right to control over. it. And another, another semi-decent movie, Con Air. Yes. Oh, that's a good Nicholas one. Well, okay. again, it's a little unrealistic. Cyrus, oh, yeah. Cyrus the Virus was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bushimi. No, Steve, uh, that was, was John Malkovich, Cyrus the Virus. Oh, yeah, okay. What was Bashimi's character? He was just freaky weird. Yeah, he was the one that wandered, I can't remember the wandered name, but he wandered off girl. with a little girl. Yeah. yeah. I think he had, he had killed, mm. he was a murderer, but I then yeah. said, well, I kind of deserved it. They had him all chained <laughs> up like... Yeah. Um, uh, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, you're expecting this big posing and it's a little... <laughs> and it's Bashimi. Bashimi. It's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they, they have to do things like that. Otherwise, people wouldn't watch the real thing. It's actually right, so really boring. boring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Um, when it comes to um, next gotta have, wanna have, piece of kit, firearm, vehicle, whatever it may be, what's your next gotta have, wanna have? Your bucket list. I'm not allowed to have what I want to have in my state. <laughs> well, what? I'm not allowed to have what I want. That's the next question. <laughs> so answer this question, then we'll get to that question. <laughs> uh, I'm a Stag Arms AR-15 left-handed girl all day, all every day. Can't have it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the next question. What's yeah. what can you what that you can have? What would you have? It's just been scrubbed down to nothingness. It, nothingness. it really has. Our, our our laws have scrubbed it down. To Doesn't have to be a gun. Uh. Doesn't have to be a gun. Could be a piece of kit. Could be. TV, maybe that you're wanting. Ooh. Well, I haven't really. What have you been eyeing out there? And you say, I have to get a new cell phone, and I'm just, okay. I'm just waiting. <laughs> cell phone? No, no, seriously. I, I, I love my phone. The Note Nine, which is supposed to come out, is ridiculously expensive. Okay, you're killing me, Whitey. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Nate. <laughs> Listen, if I could have, you know, uh, I would probably get a uh, new um, either. I haven't decided yet. Either um, I told my wife, you'll you'll recognize if I'm having a midlife crisis when you come home and there's a Camaro or or a Dodge Challenger. Okay, the midlife crisis in the uh, driveway. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that's exactly right. I would take a Hellcat in a New York second. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's a midlife crisis car. Mm -hmm. I would have to go to home right now. Um, the wife and I are in the process of trying to buy a house up here. Yeah. And if you're not from Boston, it is extremely expensive. Yes, it is. Um, my wife is from Texas, so her idea of a 4,000-square-foot house yeah. with a three-car garage and a yard doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Or several million dollars up here. Yeah. And I'm not hitting home runs for the Red Sox. I'm selling tickets. <laughs> and I don't make that kind of money to afford it. So 
we're we're looking get at your homes. ticket sales up, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, we couldn't afford it. But well, you uh, guys just come on to Tennessee. I know a really good real estate agent there, yes. and we'll take care of you. She has the itch to move back down south. So, well, come on. Yeah. You get my contact info. I was gonna say the commute you would be killer on him. <laughs> <laughs> commute, yeah. Well, there's there's some sport teams down there. We could. Oh yeah, definitely. Good friend of mine works for the uh, the Tennessee Titans. So. Okay, nice. Uh, so my next question is: Laws be damned, money be damned, rules be damned. What would you own? <laughs> uh, so tropical is, island. Like, wait in for the it. Caribbean. Wait for it. <laughs> flamethrower. <laughs> a flamethrower? Okay. Oh my god, those are so much fun. They are. Yeah. Uh, I'm awesome. just gonna go for a tropical island. Tropical in island the, uh, in the Caribbean with a ten thousand square foot house. Okay. Yeah. Now, would you have like a tennis court, a pool, a uh, shooting range? Yep, uh, yep. basketball uh, court, uh, swimming pool, tennis courts, horseshoe pits. Nice. A uh, gun range would be great, absolutely. Uh, all that, absolutely. Okay. Yep, yep. A gun you range and an island. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the backstop issues to that. Well, you're on an <laughs> island, so it doesn't matter. Well, that is nothing if, else around. Except boats. Well, they better get all the way. Where your island is, <laughs> they, they better get all the way. That's yeah. all I can say. There's, there's a, there's a no boat zone so far out. Well, set your parameters. You're, you're, you're thinking too much into this. No, no, but you're, <laughs> yeah, she's you're really, own. she's really overthinking she's this. She's killing your dreams. She's Nate. killing it because all I would do was dig a big pit, right? And you know, huge, like a real nice, you know. But you're in the ground, so you're shooting up against the ground. And then there's lead abatement. Oof. <laughs> oh my God! There's no laws. You're killing me. Laws be damn, rules be damn. I, I don't care. care. Lead abatement on an if island. If I can afford all that, I'm so rich it won't matter. They're not making amount of lead anymore anyway, so you don't have to worry about that. Carl, I think I'll be Nate's neighbor <laughs> on the next door. island over. Yeah. Yeah. You come over anytime, Carl. We'll have a good time. Would you own a sports team? Do you, do you love it that much? I, I do. Um, obviously, having the money, it would be difficult. But I just but said, laws be damned, money be damned. It takes a lot of commitment to own a sports team. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you're in the public eye a lot more than just owning a regular business. Um, you're constantly getting criticized. Oh God, they're overthinking these questions, guys. You're killing me. <laughs> so I mean, it's I'd, a fantasy. <laughs> I'd probably be on the private island and not have to worry about owning the team. You guys are you're just too practical. <laughs> oh, I'm well. not. Nate's not. Yeah. <laughs> What's your answer, Bill? Laws be damned, rules be damned. Damn. Rules be damned. Yeah. Oh, my God. You? you hit me with this last time. I said a, a minigun. Yeah. Um, and you laughed at me. Everyone says a damn minigun. I don't have any other better answer right now. You still want the minigun? Oh, fuck yes. It's perfect. <laughs> at least you, you stick to your He's guns. consistent. He is. He I am consistent. consistent. He, he wants what he wants. Exactly. That's perfect. But with unlimited ammo to shoot it because, <laughs> you know, I'm going to need that. There's the fantasy. Yeah. I mean, once you're out of ammo, then it just kind of got to be And the gun never there. runs out of ammo. You never have to reload it. It's it like just movies. keeps on going. Yeah. That's right. Like I do that. I, just, I, just like Predator. Just like Predator, yeah. Well, I, and Jesse the Body. That's right. <laughs> I watch Westworld, and, and everybody's got, oh, got revolvers, but I'm counting, and I'm like, what? The, it has to be the biggest freaking revolver I've ever seen because it keeps going, keep and going, going and going and going. I'm hearing 10, 11, 12. You're not reloading. How is this possible? They're robots. The magic mm-hmm. of HBO. They're robots. <laughs> Westworld's an awesome show. I it love is. I love Westworld. I, know, I can't I wait till too. the next one. I'm such a Bernard fan. Oh. Oh, you digging Bernard? If if Bernard? A, if I could take one of the out of the closet, remember the all all of the, the busted Bernards that were in the closet? Yeah. I, I'd take one home. You take one with I you? would take one home. Rubies what would you do head. with it? What would you do with it? That's not for this show. That's for <laughs> another show. <laughs> He would do dishes and make your bed. And <laughs> when it, when we go to Talking Bernard, I will tell I will tell you. Talking what I'm Bernard, doing. <laughs> that's hilarious. 
Bernard, stop talking. <laughs> All right, last question. If you could spend the day at the range, and I'll modify it for you, if you could spend the day at the range with anyone, whether they're dead, alive, a fictional character, or a group of people. Who wow, you hit me with that one. I... Goody? He, Nate's thinking on that I got to think. Dead or alive I did, or, or fictitious. I got yeah. it. Who would you like to spend the day at the range with? Arlie Emerson. Yeah, the Gunny. God rest his. Yeah. He'd be fun. Yeah, he is fun. Yeah, he's a great guy. What George is, Patton. A great guy. George Patton. <laughs> George Patton? George okay. Patton. And, General George Patton. And and would you want his, was he the one with the pearl? The handle? pearl handle revolvers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he would be awesome at the range. Yeah. Love to talk with that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a World War II buff, so I did a lot of research on Patton. He, I got you. Interesting character. So basically, it's who you'd like to spend some time with and, and get knowledge. And so it doesn't have to be a range; it could be just you're hanging out. Uh, I guess coming from baseball on a sound cliche, it would probably be Barry Bonds. Um, in my generation, steroids or not, I felt he was the best hitter. Yeah. So it'd be awesome to be in a batting cage or, or something with with him. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be cool. Yeah. And he's still around, right? Yeah, uh, I think he's actually going to the uh, San Francisco Giants. They're doing like a Hall of Fame recognition for. Him. I was gonna say, did he ever get all the steroid stuff cleared? Or no, I think the uh, the writers still are hung up on that, and you know it'll be a challenge for to see guys like him or McGuire, writers, um, Clemens get in, and it's a shame. Those I, who can't do right, yes. As soon as Pete Rose gets in, I'm sure that everybody else will. Yes. <laughs> he needs he needs in. Let Pete Rose in. That that would be who I'd spend the day at the range with, Pete Rose. Really? Because oh, yeah. he'll bet on you? No. Just to see. <laughs> Just because I think he'd be a cool dude to hang out with. And we talk about all the, the bull crap and about him not being in the Hall of Fame. I think he's probably over it by now, but I think he'd really like to get in. Yeah, I think, yeah, he I think he's uh, signing autographs in Vegas now. So Is he? You're going to watch out for uh, O.J. <laughs> O.J. will come in and steal his memorabilia from him. Probably. I was going to say, are there, are there odds on for when he goes back to jail? Because he just can't seem to behave himself. O.J.? Yeah. I thought he was still in jail. No, he is out. He's out? He's Again? Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and that's the only thing he's, he spent time in jail for was for the Las Vegas robbery. The Las Vegas thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And But the videos to that are amazing because he just had his two boys go ham in that hotel room. Really? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen those videos yet. So that's out there for the public. It's out there. Okay, I have to check that out. All right, so uh, that's all the questions I got. You guys have any 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 questions for me, the Quest? host? Oh, you. So Bill's doing something here. Hold on. I mean, that's just not. That's just like here. Take it, dude. You got to make a presentation here. Enjoy your black box. Tell her what you're doing. I just hooked Carl up with the uh, Defy Battlefield on behalf of Flail and all the help that you have given us. Greatly appreciate, appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. Appreciate Defy, it. the official wristwear of Talking Lead, Defy Watches. Now till the end of the month, you get forty four percent off. Go to defywatches.com. Slash so, org. Perf- perfectly <laughs> in. Slash. So uh, we'll be back. We've got some more new guys coming. Um, Montgomery will be here. So stay tuned. We'll be yes. back with more from Boston. <laughs> say it. Say it in your accent. I'm not from here, so I don't have the accent. Oh, I was gonna say you don't have a very thick accent. Squad so. <laughs> damn Boston. There you go. <laughs> All right, leadheads. Uh, we are back in Boston. And we're continuing our interviews here in our honor of Mr. Shopmeyer. Uh, and joining us now, we've got no stranger to the show. We've got Mr. Brian Montgomery with Benchmade Knives. Greetings, everybody. Yay, Brian. And uh, Brian doesn't disappoint because he knows that I like props. <laughs> so 
He brought a whole table full of Benchmade knives for me to uh, fondle while we talk. So, <laughs> um, Brian is going to be joining us for the game as well uh, in honor. Go Sox. Go Sox. Yeah, and they're playing Minnesota tonight. And uh, we're all going to get to go down on the field and uh, what, what, is, what do they call it? Uh, pre-game ceremony. There you go. Pre-game ceremony. I'm not used to those things. So I don't, I don't, nobody ever invites you don't, me you to don't ceremonies. Get invited to these things. How do they get invited to ceremonies? This is his first one. He's going to. What do I do with my here. hands? I, I don't. Touch your ass. <laughs> I don't oh, yeah, know. Because that, I don't go over well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Chris Schottmeyer uh, is the occasion why we have all gathered this week. And, uh, but Brian brought some toys along. So, I mean, he's, he's making it fun time for us now. I don't think anything illustrates the fact more than this why you should have a TV show and not a podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> a whole bunch of cool stuff in front of us that I'm sure your listeners would love to. They would love to. See so and play with and as we're talking about these lead heads, go to Benchmade's website, benchmade.com. Benchmade.com and uh, you can you can see what we're talking about. So, where are we going to start on this this beautiful array of cutlery here? Well, I brought a, uh, a good sampling of things. Uh, I think that... Ooh, what's that? <laughs> You're going to have to be a little more specific. That one, yeah. Is that, that new? That is actually very new. It is part of our hunt series. Uh, Let's that start is with this. Altitude. <laughs> now, altitude. I have to throw in this disclaimer. I am not a hunter. I've I, Aside from hunting upland and waterfowl, mm. I am not a big game hunter. Never have been. I didn't have that... Growing up, my dad wasn't a big hunter, so it wasn't, it, you know, that's one of the things that gets, it's a generational thing generally. People sure. learn from their father. So you had nothing to do with the design of this Absolutely knife. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> but that being said, I did talk to our engineers and our product guys about the, the salient characteristics of that yeah. knife. So I can speak somewhat intelligently about it. So what it is, it's a skinning knife. It's mm-hmm. for skinning and caping. I'm not exactly sure what the difference is between those two the things. Skinning there and is caping. A difference. Yes. So leadheads, send us an email, talking about gmail.com. And uh, who can tell us the difference between skinning and scaping is going to win something from the leadhead swag ball. And maybe there is no difference. I'm not sure. But when, when dressing down large game, you've, you've killed an animal, and now it's time to uh, do it. And I sound like an idiot when it comes to this stuff because I've never done it before. I've never been on a big game hunt. Now, that being said, this knife <laughs> is made from S90V steel. It is one of our highest premium steels. Once the, once the edge is put on that, and the way they designed that edge and the shape of that blade, I'm told, it will not have to be re-sharpened. Now, don't oh, freak out. That's not a, a perpetually sharp blade. It will need to be maintained, honed, touched up, stropped using a, uh, a, a leather strop, using a uh, ceramic rod. But once that edge is on there, if used properly and maintained, you should not have to resharpen. In other words, you're not going to have to take more metal off that. You will have to maintain that. That edge will develop imperfections, and it will fold over, you know, the very small folds that could, yeah. that can happen, and which would cause it to seem like it's gone dull. Maintaining that edge, you should not have to have that resharpened, at least not for a very, very long time. And this is this is like a very minimal... Um, yes, yeah, skeletonized handle. It's got some carbon fiber scales, yeah. m- micro scales on there. Uh, it is, it's got a DLC coating. Um, very, very well designed, lightweight. Um, it's got a nice sound <laughs> to it. Nice little thump. <laughs> oh, it's got, yeah, it's got the serrations for the thumbs, the four fingers. Yep. So as we're skinning, 
you know, some people like to choke up on the yep, knife. Yep, has some jimping up top for that, those, that fine detail work on an animal. Um, yeah. You know, once again, I'm not going to speak much more about that because I am talking out of school. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's the weight on this? I will grab a catalog and I will Oh, that's find okay. Out. I just, it's very, again, as a hunter, you know, you're carrying all this stuff around in the woods. This is very minimal. Uh, Weight-wise, it's very thin. But this this would make a great skinner, yeah, definitely. Yep. I can see I could see me using that. Yeah, I've actually had people tell me they like it for an everyday carry fixed blade knife, which and I it would work for that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got, the handle's a little long for my taste for for an every everyday carry, um, because you you do want to you know when using it for its intended purposes, you want to be able to get a good grip on it. You want to have have that thing fill up your hand, right? Um, and for EDC, I mean, you do have the the gimping down. For the grip area down there too, so it would it would stop your your hand from going on up to the blade. One point six seven ounces. There you go. I stalled long enough. <laughs> it's a, and it comes with a, a nice sheath as well. Yes, polymer sheath. Polymer um, sheath. Attach it to your pack, to your belt. Um, throw it inside your pack. Whatever. Yeah. I'm digging the the carbon fiber that you've got there yep. for the. It also comes in in a uh, high vis orange uh color the entire oh really yes the entire knife is uh oh, yeah that's coated orange so when you're out in the field if you do drop it you can find it easily um we partnered with quickly. uh first light and with uh backcountry hunters and anglers we give a portion of the proceeds of the sales of this to those organizations oh which, nice which go to conservation preservation of animals and again not going to talk much more about it because i'm not exactly <laughs> sure what they do it's, it's it's a beautiful knife so you guys check it out it's called the the altitude. The altitude. One five two zero zero. One fifty two hundred is the model number. There's the model number, yep. guys. So definitely check that one out. Uh, and then we've got another one that you were showing Goody there. A uh, nice duty belt knife. This is one of my personal favorites for a fixed blade. Small, compact. It's the model one hundred one follow up, and it's got a skeletonized handle, a very thin, low prof- profile sheath. It ships with two pieces of uh, single wrap Velcro and some paracord. It's something you can attach to your duty belt. You can uh, slide it right behind your cuff case, your mag pouch for some concealment. Um, everyday carry, you can just wrap it around your belt. If you're going on a hike, going camping, backpacking, you can attach it to the strap on your backpack for even lower vis, even UC operations. It's something you could wear under your shirt as a neck knife. Um, very small, compact, but very usable. Lots of utilitarian value in that, and uh, a great little backup tool as well. Now we design uh, in a nice little sound too. This is more of a thud than a ting. This is not TV. Um, <laughs> the handle on that we designed with some jimping and some cleats, so you can lock in the paracord wrap it, lock it in at the other end, cut it, burn it. You don't have to tie a knot. There's nothing hanging off the end. It's a nice tight fit. So you ha- you can actually use that paracord if you have to, and then wrap it back up very quickly and easily. Nice. And yep. the paracord comes with it as well. Yep. Ships with paracord and the Velcro straps. Am I putting this in properly? Pretty close. You had it right. That way. There yeah, you okay. go. There yep. it is. Yeah. Cool. Nice click. Yeah. Yep. Clicks for our listening audience pleasure. Oh, yep. Nice, right yeah, nice solid detent on that. We put detent on both sides of that because we didn't want that falling out. If you're gonna, if you're gonna deploy that, you're gonna have to put a little yeah, elbow yeah, put grease a into little, it. Little something, yep. something in there. Yeah. Yep. But in a, in a high stress situation, that's not going to be an issue. Um, but we don't want it falling out either. If you're in a foot pursuit or if mm. you're getting in and out of your vehicle, we want that thing to stick. Great EDC. Yep. Yeah. Perfect EDC. Definitely. Compact. You said you just 
latch it to your belt there, or you could latch it on your pack. Where, where yep. do you want to put it? Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. And this one's called the 101 Follow Up. The model, one, model number 101. The Follow Up. Yep. It's like a Sunday Punch Follow Up. Is that one? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> oh, very nice. And did you say what this was? The metal, the steel? S30 V steel. S30 V steel. Yep. Okay. Very nice. Like that. Do we want to talk price points on these? I was just going to look that up for you. Actually. Okay. Retail price is 115. 115, 115 retail. US dollars. There you go. So you guys could probably find it a little cheaper in your your local store. Yep. Local knife stop. Stop shop. So we were looking at another one. Um, the Infidel. The Infidel is still one of our, if not the most popular knife that we make. That's one of our best sellers. Which and one of our our, our VP used to joke. That if somebody were to pitch this knife to us now, a designer or one of our engineers, we they, we would just tell them they were crazy. Really, it's our most expensive knife. It's illegal in most states. The the <laughs> the coating on it tends to scratch. Um, it's a little scary. It's you know all these things. Yep, perfect. Let's make it. How much is it? Almost five hundred dollars. Yes, do it. Let's do it. That's that's a piece of kit that an assassin would have, just like with their silencer. You know that they would have the the infidel it, now. <laughs> For true single-handed use, it's a great option. Out the front knives are very good for that because if you don't have the, the ability, let's say you've got something else in your hand or you've got uh, someone in your other hand, you can't use it. To retract that is just, you know, one hand. You don't have to have the other hand on it and fold it up like a manual or a an automatic or spring assist. So, yeah. um, And there's a cool factor too. Yes, it's coming across. There you go. Let me play with that. We have two uh, sound effects here. You're like, don't get your nose. <laughs> That's it going in and out. Now, there's a couple of safety features built into that. Very it's got positive. a really strong trigger pull. It's not going to deploy in your pocket. If, uh, like, for instance, I don't, I'm left-handed. I don't carry uh, push-button autos because when I do, that button's exposed. Now, all of our knives have safeties on them, but if that safety does not get uh, employed and for some reason did something bumped into that, that button, yeah. it could go off. That's why I don't carry it on my left side. Um, I, I carry an axis lock. Uh, axis lock, you, you really have to get that positive activation to, to make that blade go. Um, same thing with this. You really have to put a lot of pressure on that. I'm not sure what the pressure is. I could find out from our engineers Feels how, like much, how many pounds of pressure. Eight to yep. ten. Yeah. I would guess. Just guessing. And then from there, once that blade is deployed, there's no spring pushing it or pulling it out. It's the inertia of the blade that carries it forward. So if it does hit something, it's going to stop. Now, if it hits soft tissue, it's it's going to penetrate a little bit, but it's not going to impair that person, impale that person. You're going to get stung, but you're not going to get stabbed all the way through. All right, so I am uh, testing this theory. Yep. I've got my notebook here, and I've got it about yay close, and it does stop. It stops. Now, to reset it, you just give it a flick. Little, use your big boy hands. Like, like there that. You go. <laughs> use my big boy wrist. <laughs> <laughs> that is nice. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to do it again. Very cool. And then just wham, yep. just flick it out. And then it'll reset and you can put it back down. Yep. That's nice. Yep. That's a great feature. And I was told recently by one of our guys that if you have one of these and you're storing it and you're not carrying it, when it's stored, do that. Stop the blade and take the tension off the spring. No. So it's like unloading your magazines. If you want to mm -hmm. take that tension off, it'll, that spring will last longer. Okay. Um, there, There's a tendency for when lint does get in there from, uh, from lots of use and... Unfortunately, edit that is that slot where that blade goes is mm -hmm. the perfect size for a dime to get ah. stuck in there. Now, not a lot of people carry change anymore, but those that do, <laughs> and we get them sent in when a dime comes in, and we will repair it, remove the dime, 
function check it, make sure the springs are all tight, and yeah. if they're not, we'll put new ones in there. We return the knife and the dime. And the dime. Um, <laughs> which leads me to our service. So, uh, and we can talk about how cool these knives are, and they are. They are. Um, exceptionally cool. And we back up every one of these cool products with our customer service. Lifetime warranty on all our products, our Life Sharp program. So if your knife goes dull, you can send it to us. We'll sharpen it for free and send it back to you for free. Not only that, we're probably going to take it apart, make sure all the small components aren't Make sure everything's working good. Everything's working good. If they are worn, we'll replace those components, those springs, washer, screws, put it back together, oil it, adjust it, put a factory edge back on it, and send it back to the customer at our cost. So if you have a Benchmade knife that needs a little maintenance, needs some work, or I run into people all the time, yeah, the spring broke, I don't know what to do with it, send it to us. We don't need the receipt. We don't need the original packaging. We don't care if you bought it at a pawn shop or one of our authorized dealers or online from us. It's a Benchmade product, and we will support it. We will service it for right. the life of that That's knife. awesome. Yep. I wasn't aware. I don't think we ever talked about your, your warranty yeah. before. We get lots of knives That's in every amazing. day for, for maintenance. You know. So like you are talking about on that spring, if it ever goes weak on that spring, send you it send in, it we replace in you replace it. Yep, Boom. send it back. Yes. Very nice. If, yeah, you're sending in an, if you're sending in an automatic, if you're military or law enforcement personnel, go online and sign our automatic knife acknowledgement form. That way we can send an automatic knife to you across state lines. Otherwise, it's got to go through one of our authorized dealers. We will send it to that dealer and you go pick it up there at your, in your neighborhood, wherever that there may you be. Go. Yep. Nice. Now, what if one gets bent? Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> abuse? Negligence is different. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say this. So if you break the tip off your knife, say an eighth of an inch, you know, you chip that. Our sharpeners can reprofile that blade. You'll never know it was broken. If you break off, say, an inch or break it in half, Mm. we'll swap that blade out. And a blade replacement is right around 35, 45 bucks, something like that. So you you essentially get a brand new knife for that that cost. Or whatever it may be. Yeah, depending on the the type of blade, the type of steel, Steel. if it's coated or not. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Very cool. Yes. You can't ask for any more than that. That's a hell of a warranty. Yep. I like that. Mm-hmm. So we've got more new knives yeah. here. We You have the fixed blade Infidel. Yep. We were talking about earlier. Yep. I'm, I'm very very much like the out the front. Similar in shape, uh, similar beveling. It's a little wider blade. Uh, same material on the handle. It's that anodized aluminum and D2 steel. Mm-hmm. Just any. And the sound is amazing, of course. Now, when, when you're able to tell which... Knife it is by the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you're good. <laughs> no, this is awesome. Okay, so talk. continue talking about the fixed blade infidel. So we, we had a lot of requests for that. Guys that carry that, you know, they, they like that, the infidel, the style, um, but they can't carry an automatic or they can't carry it out the front and they'd like to have a fixed mm-hmm. blade option. So Yeah, this one is beefier Little on bit. the blade. Yes. It's got a beefier blade. Handle's about the same, though. Um, feels good. Yep, very close. And what kind of handle do we have on this? That's anodized aluminum. Anodized aluminum. Yeah. Okay. And the price on that is two thirty-five for the coated blade, or two thirty-five and uh, two fifty for the black coated blade, black Cerakote. That's gotcha. those are retail prices. Okay. And this comes with its own sheath as well. It's got a sheath. It's got the uh, sort of iconic Infidel logo on the on clip, the just like the clip <laughs> on the does clip. on yeah, the. Yeah, that's uh, nice. Yes. Very nice. Fun fact. When we, when we ship these it. overseas to the Middle East, we will send generic clips. Really? That don't say infidel. They don't yes. say that. Okay. Yeah. Well, Some I people guess that like them, but do don't want to carry around a quote advertise. Yes. Give that to, to Bill there. Did you did you get a little taste of that? Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've held it before. Okay. All right. 
Now I just have to go home and take the tension off my infidel. It's been sitting in the vault for ooh, a couple of years, yeah. loaded. Loaded. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Might need a new spring. Never told me this before when I looked I, at the I booze. learned it myself, and it made perfect sense. Oh, yeah, it does. Which, yeah. you know, I, I could be better about storing magazines. I have a ton of them that are loaded up and ready you know, to go. I, sh- I should yeah. rotate those out and load up the empty ones and empty the loaded ones. There you go. So then, then we're working our way down here. Um, you're calling this 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 your most stickiest knife, our, our stabbiest knife, your most knife stabbiest knife. knife. That's yeah. what it was. Twenty <laughs> percent more stabby than other models. Uh, this is the fact. It is model number four seventeen. All right. Um, similar sort of DNA to our the Infidel and some of our original um, automatics. It is a manual. Very thin, slim profile, uh, slim blade, but thick enough. Uh, it's like a stiletto. It is. It is. It's got that feel to it. Yes. Yeah. Very long, thin blade, and I'll give you some of the dimensions of this, just okay. so people can understand what we're talking about. Uh-oh. So the blade length is three point nine five, so just shy of four inches. Okay. Um, but the thickness is uh, only eleven hundredths of an inch. It's a very wow. thin blade overall. 8.72 inches. It has a very sharp. Yep. S30D steel, um, skeletonized black anodized aluminum handle, um, spear point blade. It's it's just a cool looking knife. I think it's a really cool looking knife. Yeah. It's called the spear point blade. That's yes. the, the style. Correct. Yes. Now, do you have anything else with that type blade? Do you make it? Um, somewhere out the front, so the Infidel has a similar style blade. It's very spear similar. Point. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's very similar to that. Yep. Um, just not double-edged. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And now this one retails for? Retail on that is uh, 210 or 225 with a black-coated blade. Okay. Very nice. And this was the... The Fat. fat. Fa- 417. 417. The fat. fat. Yes. All right. So you guys make sure... And you got all these on your website now, right? Absolutely. No? That's yes. all okay. Everything's up there. Yeah. So make sure, uh, like I said, go to their website as we're talking about these. Check them out. Uh, you definitely want to go to your local retailer and uh, pick these up. These are sweet. So, what's uh, you got any secret things you can tell us about? What's got a couple little things that uh, that just came out? I'll show you. Um, and for those that like to carry an old style traditional pocket knife, mm-hmm. most of our knives, our folders, have a pocket clip on them. Um, we wanted to make something that was a real throwback to an old style slip joint pocket knife we came out with this uh, it's called the proper and there's a couple different models of it it's got linen micarta handles it's got a, a thumb notch on the blade mm-hmm. so there's no thumb stud there's no lock on it it's just old school open and close old school and it goes in your pocket like a pocket knife it's a it pocket clip. knife yeah and nice. it's just super cool but it's got that s3v steel it's got that that premium steel it's so it's going to last a lot longer steel. than your your grandfather's old you know pocket knife that he carried forever this is going to last you know Generations just like that. This that is something definitely that you will get be an heirloom. Yes, it's absolutely. An piece. It's just a cool little knife. Now, part of the motivation for building these was we have uh, a lot of customers in Europe, in the UK in particular. In the UK, prior to a couple of months ago, <laughs> right? It was they, they had very strict knife laws. So we built this knife sort of around those laws to make it legal, so your average person could carry this knife in in the UK. Yeah. Um, and our dealers there were in our distributors are very excited about that. Our international team, our sales team was was you know instrumental in, in helping develop this um, to to kind of feed both channels. 
Then they uh, they came out with the news that uh, London had a higher murder rate than New York City, and the mayor of <laughs> London went a little nuts and just banned knives outright, all of them. And we're like, well, that's great. Thanks, guys. We just <laughs> that's really going to help Tried things. to throw you a little bone there, and you just cut our knees off. But um, anyway, it's it's still a really cool, a great-looking knife. It wasn't with guns. It was with knives. Yeah, isn't that weird? Because they already yeah. banned guns. Right, yes. So now, <laughs> maybe see, this, see just, a pattern happen. Make, make murder illegal. That'll do it. That'll yeah, take maybe it just <laughs> murders against the law. You know, and actually have a penalty. You know. exactly. People. Um, so one, a couple others I want to talk about the bug out, which is now te- technically a bug out family. So we okay. we so we talked about with, that last time. Yep. So yeah. we came out with this knife. We talked about it last time. It just come out. One point eight five ounces. Super lightweight. It is a, a folding knife, access lock. It's got some titanium hardware on it. It is just a cool knife. It's a great, solid pocket knife for everyday carry. When I see that, I think super lightweight. perfect for my fishing tackle. Yep. For good fishing knife. So we started showing, around, showing this knife around in the uh, tactical channel, and all the cops and agents that we showed it to said, man, that is so cool. And it's bright. It's bench-made blue with a satin blade. It is, mm. it is made for that kind of commercial, the REI crowd, the, you know, the, the paddleboarder, kayaker, minimalist, hiker, backpacker type, um, which I love, which, you know, the, yeah. the, they need good knives, too. Every copper that we showed it to said, when's the black one coming out? I want it in black. I need the tactical version. So what we did to stand out. <laughs> is we made a version with a gray DLC coated blade and a ranger green handle. Ah, and it's just a, it's the same go. 535 DLC-1, uh, I think, or yes, I'll look it up, but it's a it's a five. For those who know what that out. means. Right. Yes. <laughs> Diamond-like coating is the is the Diamond-like coating, coating. yes. Gotcha. Um, very hard, very resilient coating on that will we'll take all kinds of abuse. Um, cuts down the possibility of corrosion, even though SRV still has a very good high you know, corrosion resistance to it. Right. Um, but I just, I love this knife. It's so lightweight, but it's so, one I carry. So I, this is my, this is my workout knife. This is a knife I take when I go on a run, when I go on a ruck, when I go to the gym. This is clipped inside my, bug my, out. my workout shorts. Yes. And I don't even know what's there. That way I've always got something. Now, what was the reasoning in changing the materials in the, in the handle? Uh, no change, just change of color. Oh, okay. So it's just, just a color. Okay. We, we tacticalized it. Okay. Gotcha. Yep, that's it. All right. Very cool. Yeah. So you can get the uh, Odie Green, the Ranger, Ranger Green. Ranger Green. Ranger with Green. The, with or a blue. DLC coated blade with a, uh, a gray, gray coated blade or the, the Benchmade Blue with the Satin Blade. Satin Blade. Yes. Very nice. The 535 Bug Out. 535 Bug Out. And we are selling these like crazy, man. The. the does the, REI carry those? Are oh, you yeah. talking about the, yes. the REI yeah, the whole, crowd? The, the outdoor uh, community they, as well as the tactical community. They just, haven't banned just those yet at REI? Love no, REI is actually a very good customer of ours. There's, like I said. Well, they jumped on it, the gun bandwagon there for a while. I don't know if they were still on it or not. The, the, you know? Yes. So they, they, they stopped selling products made by uh, one of the larger companies that owns some gun and ammunition, mm-hmm. you know, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, now, that being said... Their customer base, they still need good quality knives. Good sure, quality tools. absolutely. You, you know, you take whatever position you want to on the gun sales. I may not agree with it. I certainly don't. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that their their customers still need good tools and good. You know, they may not need an AR-15 to go on a, a, a multi-day hike where where they're cutting ounces. Sure. Um, but they need a good knife. 
Absolutely. And this is one that, that fits that bill. It's, you know, and it's get one with one the butterfly on it. Yep, 1.85 ounces, and you're not going to have to worry about it. It's going to be reliable when you're out miles and miles from anywhere. You can't get it replaced. Um, you, they may not even have a way to sharpen it with them because that takes up too much weight. So they need something that's going to stay sharp. Stay sharp. Yeah. yeah. That's the Benchmade knives. Yep. What, you were, there was another you were going to talk about too, I think, right? This is, yes, and I got into this a little bit last time we spoke about carrying a rescue hook. Yes. And I am a firm believer and an advocate for if you carry a firearm, whether you are an armed professional or an enthusiast or you just care about your own safety and that of your family and friends, you carry a gun for a particular reason that is personal defense. Mm-hmm. You better carry a, a spare magazine, a way to reload that firearm should you go run it empty or if you have a mechanical failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a video recently, uh, Clint from Thunder Ranch, talking about getting out of a car and the the base plate on his magazine popped off, hit the seat belt or whatever, and brrr, out goes all that <laughs> ammunition. <laughs> like a Pez had, Yeah, had he not had a backup, he would have been... SOL, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, it, and that's when it really hit me. And I've always sort of advocated this, you know, always carry a spare magazine, but just that, that, you know, that visual image in my head of all those bullets just running out all over the street or wherever mm-hmm. really was like, in okay, time of a crisis, that yeah. kind of really hit home with me. I was like, okay, that's it. Um, anyway, that being said, spare magazine, uh, flashlight, mm-hmm. so you can see in the dark and low light situations, whether it's just finding your way out of a building or finding your keys that have fallen, or whatever the case may be. bullets that just fell. <laughs> or, yeah. um, or even temporarily uh, partially blinding a potential attacker, mm-hmm. where you, know, you may be in a non-permissive environment when you can't carry a gun, or you can't shoot if you are carrying a gun. A good, strong flashlight to the face will, may give you that time to get to hardcover or to get away from the situation or to get to a place where you can call 911. Sure. Uh, carry a flashlight. And then carry some kind of medical response kit. Carry an IFAC. If you're carrying all this, you know, carrying a gun is real cool. Um, stopping somebody from bleeding to death is even cooler, I think. Uh, saving a life. And more practical because you're going to need that sooner. The yes. odds are you're going to need to save somebody's life from bleeding some to death kind of a than medical, medical emergency yeah, other car than, accident or something yep, like that, then yep. you're going to need to shoot somebody. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Which should include a tourniquet, which should include right. some kind of clotting agent, something to stop that bleeding. It is not a first aid kit where you have uh, ibuprofen and Tylenol and a bee sting kit. You know, <laughs> Having all those things in your car is great, but yeah. just walking around, it's not very practical. But there are so many options now of, of ways to carry these things. Um, I carry one. Uh, it's made by Atlas Consulting Group in Oregon, and it's mm-hmm. an ankle IFAC. Sure, it's a, it's a, it's a. We were just talking about this uh, the other day. There's, uh, there's several different yep. uh, brands and models that you can, you can carry concealed. Yeah, you know, doesn't take up a lot of space on your, yeah, your body, but you're carrying it on your person. I like to promote them because they built one with Benchmade in mind. The, the one they built, and I have one I can show you, that has a little sleeve in there where that will accommodate one of our uh, eight hooks, our rescue hooks, fit really nicely nice. in there. So the point I'm making is you have to have the ability, in order to treat a, a wound, a bullet wound, or any kind of wound, you need to get to it. And if it's a, a situation where it's an officer down, now, imagine you're, you're on duty, you're on patrol, and it's January, wherever you are. You've got a base layer, you've got an armor, carrier of some kind a uniform shirt and probably a jacket over that mm-hmm. right that's a lot Lots of material of to get through and if you if you don't know where that bullet hole went in and or came out or bullet holes you're gonna have to go find it and that's a lot of material to get through in a couple of belts and boots and everything else it's got to go yeah 
trauma shears are not nearly as effective as our hooks are. We've had, there was a study, we didn't have a study done. A study was done by Johns Hopkins Medical uh, Medical School. They did a head-to-head study with our hooks and trauma shears, and our hooks came out light years ahead. Really? Just so much more efficient and effective at, at undressing a patient, mm-hmm. uh, getting to those wounds. Now, I've, I talk about bullet wounds, but everybody knows, or everybody should know by now, AEDs are pretty prevalent. Just like fire extinguishers, you, you know, they're, they're like furniture now. You're yeah. walking around a hotel like this. You're, I probably walked by three or four fire extinguishers on the way up here. Sure, not yeah. even thinking about it. But if there was a fire, it's I would know. Of... I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't have to run far to find one. Sure. Same thing with an AED. Have somebody get on the phone, call nine one one, find the AED. Okay, now now what are we going to do? It's a guy in a suit, suit and tie. Mm. All that stuff's got to come off. We got to get to that chest. We got to get those pads on and get that heart restarted. If and we're, we're going to do that, your hook is going to be the it's going to go right quickest, through all that material. Yes, absolutely. Easiest way to do no, that. No shots fired. No no acts of aggression. It's just somebody in need of, of medical attention. And if, and if you have some kind of medical training and you know how to use an AED, you know you have to get to that person's chest to get those pads on and get them. Now talk about uh, your hooks. Well, I mean, what what sets them apart? So this one in particular, all of our hooks have essentially the same blade geometry. Mm-hmm. So super sharp. Um, they go through seatbelt material, clothing, leather boots, uh, Danner boots. They're they're don't stand uh, up to them. Huh? They'll they're, stand a chance. <laughs> they're, they're located near us, and they're good enough to send us some of their seconds once in a while. So we'll just get a test big, them out. Big box that gets delivered to Benchmade, and we'll take them on the road to different uh, trade shows and stuff to demo, and it'll go right through a, a wow. Danner boot. So. Um, Leather belts, thick nylon duty belts. This will go but like it. anything, I'm sure there's you know technique and it's something you want to practice. Yes, I mean, yep. it's, I mean don't it's practice a, on your own shoes. But uh, nope. But it's a very simple you know procedure. Just get that get that hook in there and and draw down and it'll it'll go. It's very easy to figure out. Very intuitive. Yeah. And then it's safe for the person. You're not going to do any damage to that person. That you're helping too. Yeah. Um, another thing the they're, they're great designed. for is guys are working patrol, working in high crime, high drug activity areas. Uh-huh. If you have somebody in custody and you suspect or you know that they have needles in their pocket. Cut that pocket open. Just slice that pocket. Right down the seam, open the pocket up, take the needles out, avoid that needle stick. Replacing a pair of crappy old tweaker jeans is a lot easier (laughs) to do than going through the protocol for a blood exposure. That's the best quote ever. (laughs) I think so. You want it. Yeah, and and I say that, you know, we laugh about it, but I say that in all seriousness, having been the victim of a blood exposure earlier in my career was not fun. And it is something that sticks with you for a very long time, no pun intended, because, you you know, there are things that the pathogens that will will not uh, manifest themselves for for months or years later. Yeah. Um, So uh, that was a that was a long day. I got stuck with a lot of needles that day at the ER getting those gamma globulin shots and the and the. uh, hep P protocols and all you know, all these things were going on, and I'm just I'm I'm sitting there going, what, what the what hell is happened? going? What did I get yeah. myself into? Um, my wife, you know, I had to call her and tell her this is what happened. So now she's freaking out, like, yeah, what's this mean? How for long us? till we can have sex? Is the real question. <laughs> How does this affect us? <laughs> <laughs> what it boils down to. <laughs> um, so anyway. Open those pockets up. You're not going to do any damage to the person. You're not going to generate a use of force complaint by using one of our hooks on that material. It's not going to cut the person. You stick a knife blade in there, you run the risk of doing that. With this, you minimize that risk. And you've got different size of hooks. Different size of hooks. This one in particular. So this is the 179 GRY. Sock P Rescue. It's part of the Sock P family. Sock P stands for Special Operations Combatives Program. Okay. Uh, a guy named Greg Thompson developed this program, 
helped us. We worked, he worked with our engineers to develop these knives and tools and trainers. Um, it comes with a sheath that locks into the molly on your external vest carrier very nicely. Mm -hmm. uh, dip coated clip to minimize that, that uh, sheath coming out if you do have to deploy it. And the original is designed to as a backup. If you can't get to your gun, Mm -hmm. And I tell people, if you're going to this, you're probably in a ground fight. And if you haven't trained for ground fighting in your particular police agency, you are being remiss. You, you need to talk to your DT instructor, your sergeant, your lieutenant, whoever, and tell them, we need to get somebody in here to train us how to do this stuff. Because those skills are vital. Mm -hmm. Having said that, you can't always get to your gun. If you're in a fight with some guy, some guy that has some MMA training, maybe he was a high school wrestler, Perhaps he's Maybe been he outweighs you by you know been in the institution and knows because he's been trained by the other residents of that institution. Sure. <laughs> you grab a cop around the waist, that's where all their tools are. You get two hundred pounds of uh, dirt bag across that duty belt at a full mount. Well, I can't get to anything, and that officer is potentially disarmed. Yeah. So you have to carry something up high above the belt. And I remember my DT instructors teaching me this, and it was an eye-opener for me. This is years and years ago. Carry something up in your vest somewhere where you can get to it. So if somebody's on top of you, you can reach that and deliver those strikes. Right. And this while was designed are, for that. While you are protecting yourself. So I'm, I'm sort of pantomiming. I've got my, my hands and arms up near it's my like face in vital areas, but I can reach down. And to deploy this is just get an index finger in that ring, and it jumps into your hand. From there, it's a matter of just finding that target of opportunity. You're not going to um, subdue any anyone with this knife necessarily. This it's is going to get gonna them backed lethal. off away from this you. Is, this is a get the F off me knife is yeah. what we call it. So and I have some clients in the Secret Service. They call it jujitsu repellent. So, <laughs> um, what you're doing That's is you're good. getting yourself some time and potentially some distance. And from there, stand by. Yeah. He's going to his bag of tricks. Pull it. Just a training gun, blue training gun, gun here. Blue gun. From there, you can absolutely easily draw and reassess the situation. If you, once you can get to your firearm, you don't have to ground this knife where the mm -hmm. threat could get to it or worry about resheathing it, doing damage to your armor, doing damage to yourself. Keep it in your hand, get to your gun, and reassess the situation. Now, from there, and I always tell people this, if you're going to get the knife, get the trainer. Take the trainer to defense, DTs, the defensive tactics training. Mm -hmm. Practice with it. Practice fighting to exhaustion and then deploying it practice in low light and then deploying what it. is this one called this is this is the sock p trainer this is essential if you're going to be carrying that uh sock p on duty or even as an everyday carry take it to dt's fight in low light fight to exhaustion then deploy it and then practice getting to your gun and, and drawing and, and then take it to the range practice that draw stroke just coming out of the holster with it standing up standing up on the range just like you normally go to any course of fire but do it with your sock pee in your hand. Then go to those unconventional shooting platforms. Get on your side, get on your back, practice deploying it. Now, this is critical. If you are running a sock pee and you get in that type of a fight and you draw your weapon and reassess and it, 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 a deadly threat is still presenting itself and your gun is somehow malfunctioned during the course of that fight, there's going to be a little voice inside your head. It sounds just like your first range master telling you to fix it. Yeah. Do that tap rack and get that thing back in operation. Well, if you tap rack while you have that sock pee in your gun hand, you're going to take yourself right back out of the fight. Ow. So I always say, take it to the range and train with it. You can definitely do it. You can definitely get that tap, that rack without hurting yourself. Yeah. You just have to be a little more deliberate in your actions. You gotta do a little training with it, just like any other tool you carry. So from there, we developed the 179 
rescue hook. And what this is, it's the same general shape and size, fits in the same sheath as the dagger, mm -hmm. but instead of a sharp dagger blade, it's got one of our rescue hooks. It's got a carbide tip uh, glass breaker on the front, very effective at car windows. And one of the nice things about this is if there's any tint, any film uh, tint on that window, if you, and, and those that have tried to break a window with a, with a collapsible baton, it's like hitting a snare drum and you're gonna be there all day doing that until the window finally decides to break. This is gonna go right through it. Now, if there's a, if there's a tint film on that, it's not gonna fall. You can do a quick little break and rake with that hook, mm -hmm. get a hole started, cut the rest of it away and get in there and go. You can even get in there and cut that seatbelt if somebody's being combative. Now, that being said, if that escalates and you've got to go to a lethal option and you have to draw your weapon, you can do that while this is in your hand and reassess. Just again, like the dagger. Just yeah. like the dagger. Now, let's say bad guy decides he wants to be compliant. It's time to go hands-on. Holster up. You still can have this in your hand because you're not going to do any damage to that person. If you do go hands-on, you can get them out and get them taken care of. Even get finger. them cuffed up while this is in your hand. It's not going to go anywhere and it's not going to hurt them again needlessly generating a use of force complaint from the right. bad guy. And then we're talking about the hook now, not the dagger. This is the you don't hook. want to do that with the dagger. You do not want to do that with the dagger because you absolutely have <laughs> the potential to do damage to that person when you're not yeah. intending to. So that can get or maybe you do intend or somebody else who's there, you know, if, if if you've gone to this, if you've gone to the dagger, you're probably already at yeah. deadly threat. You're probably, you know, your use of force has already been elevated to the point where sure. it, it's time to uh, do something different than just break. Do you glass sell these as a set or are they each individual? So we sell them individually. We also sell them as a combo with the trainer. So the dagger comes, you can get the combo with the dagger and trainer or with the rescue hook and the trainer okay. or separately And the trainer. You can also buy separately. Dude, so you, need, you need to do a three pack, man. We talked about that. Let's do a um, three pack. Yeah. That, there is a potential for that. Um, Christmas. I do tell people if they're, if they're buying for a, a team or a unit or a SWAT team, not everybody needs a trainer. Mm -hmm. You know, if everybody's getting the dagger, get three or four of these, get five, whatever. But, you know, everybody doesn't have to have one because you can trade those out when you're in training. Yeah. Um, it's really nice to have. It's really nice to be able to take that to the range and practice with this and be, be as proficient with this as you are with your farm. Spend as much time yeah. with this as you would with training, your farm. Training, training, training. Yes, absolutely. If you're going to carry it, train with it. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. So if that's a tool you choose to use, you definitely got to get trained with yes. it. And like I said, for it guys takes some are, dexterity to do, to, do, to do the maneuvers with that, yeah. If, you, if you're on duty... Um, you know, you work in law enforcement, military, whatever the case may be, um, or if you are just a, an enthusiast or someone who's interested in protecting themselves, mm -hmm. get some of these other tools to carry, make it part of your everyday carry kit, have a, have a first aid. And if somebody wants uh, to hire you to come train them, how do they get in touch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would I put just, them in, we do I'm have teasing. people that we, we work with. Greg Thompson is one. He has a group of people that he works with mm. to, to, that train this combative program. Sure. And there's a whole training program that goes with it that's not just the dagger there are other things that go along with it and he's got some new stuff coming out too i can't talk a lot about it mm -hmm. but i do know greg benchmade and greg thompson uh we've got some new greg thompson products coming out okay, so be, cool. be on the lookout for that probably coming for soon. shot show 2019 which we are i believe we are now halfway there we're halfway to shot show yeah are, a little, so, a little oh more my, than half yeah yeah yep. we're past the halfway mark yep. yeah that one always comes around so fast yeah. it's coming every year it's coming uh, is there anything else? 
What else? I mean, man, this is a lot. I was hey, not man, expecting we, all this. I don't know how long your show is, but we could do a whole <laughs> bunch. We could go through everyone. <laughs> we go through everyone. I think. Uh, I think that's. I mean, that you've, you've pretty much highlighted all your new stuff. Yeah, um, we got some new stuff. Some of the old stuff. I mean, stuff the, coming these, down the pike. Our hooks have been around for a long time, and I still yeah. promote them. They're they're our, our rescue hooks are the the least expensive product that we make, and probably the one that I promote the most. Yeah. Because it is so critical for everyone to have. If you're carrying a knife, you're carrying a gun. It just has so many valuable uses. Even if it's just opening boxes, whatever. You know. (laughs) And and I run into guys all the time. Yeah, I've cut open a thousand MREs with my bench. I'm like, you know what? God bless you. Do you have any questions for our guest, Bill? No. I mean, you've been a great co-host. You hadn't said a word. uh, No, no, (laughs) because. I've worked the booth with Brian at so many different trade shows, and uh, I completely agree with the rescue hook. you got to have it. We actually bought my Fleo chapter for our golf outing. We bought seven, almost 80 of those. Yeah, yeah. Because you definitely need them at a golf outing with these guys. They they're, they make great ball markers You on never the know who's yeah. going to flip their card over. <laughs> you know? No, actually, nobody did that. Uh, but, no, it was all law enforcement. Everybody needs a hook, yeah. and that's what we I called Brian, and we worked it out and got it engraved with the uh, Fleo logo. Nice. And, a little yeah. party favor. Yeah. yeah. And and he, part of the it, swag Actually, guy. Bill brings up a good point. We, we do a lot of work with the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association with Fleoa, and one of the reasons we do that is my job – and my my counterpart that works uh, state and local, our job is to get these tools in the hands of the right people, mm-hmm. the, the people that really need them, that use them, that work every day. Um, Just yeah, let it, them know that they're available. Yeah, they're yeah. Av- it, it's it's interesting. We go to some parts of the country. Generally speaking, if if there's anybody who's been deployed overseas, anybody who's got some military experience, and we show you know we show up in an agency and they they see there's like oh benchmade and then then there's always gonna be one or two guys that says what's a benchmade those are the customers that we are there to educate mm. and I still get asked well why do you carry a knife it, it's it seems weird to hear that question still there's so many still, uses for a knife yeah. my, and my answer is how can you not it's, inf- it's infinity we make knives that will you know I'm holding up the proper. Mm-hmm. That's legal just about everywhere. It's just it's a short blade. It doesn't lock. It doesn't open with gravity. There's no thumb stud. Carry it. If if the laws are restrictive in your carry, area, yeah. go online and buy it. Find a dealer and buy it. Get it. Carry it. That way you've always got something. Whether it's something as simple as you know, you're more likely to come across, like you said, a vehicle crash mm-hmm. where there are people that need need to be extricated or they're not conscious and let's, they need to be cut away. Let's and name all out. the things like like in force gun. This is their thing you can do with shrimp. <laughs> this is everything you can do with a knife. You can defend yourself. Yes. You can open up boxes. Yes. You can um, save somebody's life. Yep. You know, whether you need to cut a belt, you need to cut their clothes off, you need to get into a wound or something like that. Yep. Uh, you can make um, spears. You can sharpen sure. things. If you're out, I, yep, for sure. But it, stickers. It, yes. Bush I mean, if you're roasting skills. marshmallows, I yeah. mean, that comes mm-hmm. in. So sharpen sticks. Yep. You can sharpen things with it. Uh, what else? Come on. Dispatching the enemies of our country. There you go. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite uses. Bill, what can you do with a knife? Uh, now you're throwing. You can me. open up letters. Yes, boxes, uh, packaging, uh, yeah. the hard plastic shelf packaging. So I'll um, tell you a quick funny story. Benchmade has a Christmas fish? party every year for the entire company. So Skin a deer. We have almost 400 employees, and we're hiring. By the way, if anybody out there has uh, some machining skills, or we have entry level uh, positions, and you feel like moving to the Northwest, you already live there. You need a podcaster. You look us up, man. You, got, you guys hiring podcasters? <laughs> <laughs> we contract out for that. Um, but so we had a company party. This is a couple years ago. Our Christmas party at this uh golf club in portland oregon just outside you know we're in oregon city um and 
couple of hundred employees and spouses and significant others they're all there we're seated they're bringing out dinner and you had a choice of either chicken or steak and of course there's a vegan we live in oregon of course there's a vegan option yeah um but there was no steak knives and it was it was funny so dinner gets served and almost simultaneously 200 people pull out their benchmate and start cutting their steak it was like you know somebody said there's no steak knives steak knives so there's another use and so everybody's using their benchmate to cut their steak or their chicken that night it was really funny and everybody's looking around kind of giggling like of course we all have our own knives we we got this covered right yeah i was using mine to cut a line for uh, gin and tonics last week perfect yeah Yeah. so we're getting close to uh game time guys we don't want to miss the game yeah. yeah So uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Brian, again, thank you so much. Uh, always bringing more than we anticipated to the show. So thank you. I got one last thing I want to show no, you. Oh, wait. Hold up. But so wait. This, Ooh, there's this, just, this just came out. This is what awesome. What is this? So this is what we're calling the micro pocket rocket. <laughs> the micro pocket it rocket. It is a small everyday carry titanium framed Holy. flipper. And it is literally when it's closed up, it, you can hide it in the palm of your hand. Uh, but it's a nice stout little blade. We gotta take a, can I take a picture of that? that? Just came out. Hold recently. that in your hand. The MPR, the micro pocket rocket. The micro pocket rocket. Yep. Boom, and it comes with its own little sheath. It little comes bag, with a, its own little bag. You pulled it out of a little I bag. Just, I had this in. The, all of our knives come with a little microfiber bag. Microfiber bag. Retail price four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. Oh my! It's all titanium. Titanium. And the steel on that, I believe, it's, it's not in the catalog. I tell you what kind of steel we got. Damn it! Twenty CV steel. So this is a, another real high premium premium steel. It's gonna last use. forever. Yeah, that will last forever. Indestructible. So. Damn, that's nice. Yep. Even the clip on that is titanium, I believe. Very cool. Mikey, come <laughs> up with this one. rocket pocket. No, we... Uh, he might have assisted, but we used a... I think the designer's name is on the How back thick is that blade? I don't know because it's not in the catalog, How so I don't have the specs. Thing? I just got that sample recently. I mean, you could a, go through this table with that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a stout little blade, for sure. That's awesome. So what was the uh, purpose in mind when you designed that? Working with a designer whose specialty is, uh, and and I, I'm sorry, but the, I forget that person's name. I know we've looked at several of their products, but it uh, it is really kind of in that person's wheelhouse as far as those types of designs. Um, in fact, oh, I'm sorry. Does it say Seibert on the back? Is that Shane Seibert? Yes. Shane Seibert is. Seibert. So Shane Seibert is known for building like really stout, over-engineered folders and fixed blades. Right. That's really, and so this is a, kind of a, a new thing for him i think where it, you know the the size the overall size is very small but man it's a big chunk of steel and a big chunk of titanium it is yeah. this weighs more than the infidel yeah <laughs> yeah it's thick and it's like a third of the size so the last thing i'll talk about before we go okay. for our um your our listeners healthy. that enjoy a fine premium cigar this. Which I'm sure they're oh, out we there. We have them, yes. Yeah, and I am. I am one of them. I'm. A, I'm certainly a talking lead fan, and I do enjoy uh, sitting out on my back patio or going to my local club and and having a cigar. Been smoking cigars for years. Benchmade came out with a cigar cutter just recently. I Look at there. I got to attend. Look the, at uh, there. Um, the International Cigar Show last week in Las Vegas, yeah. and where we where we launched this product. Uh, you'll notice it is suspiciously absent from the table. It is. They decided that they didn't need to hand one out to everybody because the price tag on that is one thousand dollars. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is, yeah. it oh is such a cool piece. It is a gold class 
in our gold class. We have our blue class, black class, hunt, and then gold class. And it's premium steel, marbled carbon fiber handles. It's got Mokutai, titanium. Um, wow, this thing's really uh, done. Backspacers. Up. It's got uh, blue titanium hardware, and it's got two little oh. blue sapphires on the axis bar on each side. Ooh. It is so cool. Fancy. And uh, yeah, thousand bucks a piece. Is that on is. the website? I believe it is. We launched okay. it last week. So I'm going to have to go look at look that. Yeah. He it's, didn't bring it, so I don't have that to look they, at. They don't like to just hand those out to us sales guys. You See, know, they we, don't trust you with that one? <laughs> <laughs> um, you I, of all people should yeah. have one of those, yeah. you know. Now, and what is it called? Just the cigar cutter? Cigar cutter. And I forget Which what the model cut? number is, but if I, th- I think if you just go to the website and, t- and punch in cigar cutter, it should be up there now. I know we have a, a new product announcement that went out, and it is super cool. There was a lot Very of buzz cool. at that cigar Yeah, I know we got a lot cutter. of uh, cigar aficionados out there. Yeah. So, so, uh, great now, Christmas present. That being go. said, I always carry a, a cigar cutter, a Benchmade cigar cutter. It is my everyday <laughs> carry, and that's what I use to, to cut my cigars. Uh, I do a little V-cut on them. Um, so if you carry a bench made, you already have a cigar already cutter have a in cigar. your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Any of these knives would work for yep. that. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Definitely. Again, Brian, thank you so much. Uh, hey, man. I awesome appreciate stuff. it. Check no, them out, benchmade.com. Yep, benchmade.com. We have the full complement of products up there online. Instagram, check Facebook. Yep. Uh, uh, check out the the Benchmade LE division, too, if you're doing social media. So we have a little kind of a separate social media. It's much smaller uh, where we can do some different things. We don't like to offend the REI crowd. You know, you know, when we talk about dispatching our country's enemies, some people get a little squeamish on that kind of stuff. Yeah. On the LE side, we can talk about some of the more cool tactical stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we just do things a little bit differently. So it's one of the things we've just been trying to get off the ground. So uh, Benchmade LE Division on Facebook and Instagram. Go check it out. Give us a like. Um, send us a message. There you go. We'll take care of you. There you go. All right, ladies, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast here in Boston. Special episode. And as always, lead heads, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. And your bench made in your hand. Uh, passed. <laughs> and your FLEOA membership active. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you want to say something about Buddhism? No. You no. keep your little Buddha doll close? Um, <laughs> keep your rose quartz close. Get in the microphone. Keep your rose quartz. Boom. There you go. <laughs> We're out of here. we got a ball game to go to. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys. So that was some great interviews there, some great testimony about uh, Chris, Chris Schottmeyer, and, of course, always Brian Montgomery hitting us with some valuable information. So you guys make sure you go check out BenchmadeKnives.com. And as uh, we were wrapping up there, we were getting ready to go to the Red Sox games. They were playing Minnesota. And I think it was the first game in a couple of double headers they were doing. They played all weekend, but so we were headed out to the game where they were doing a a dedication, a pregame dedication to Chris. If you guys talk about the the on field experience there, what they were doing, you were that'd the, be you, Bill. Yeah, well, you were the one on field, buddy. Uh, you were on the field too. I was on the field, <laughs> but you were honored in the ceremony. It was a pregame ceremony honoring Chris Schottmeyer and his. As part of the Red Sox New Hampshire Day celebration, as he is a New Hampshire resident, um, they wanted to dedicate part of the ceremony to him, especially as being part of FLEOA and as a 35-year veteran of wildlife conservation, environmental conservation, law enforcement, as part of their ceremony. So I am I was greatly honored to have you out there representing Talking Lad on the field as part of the dedication to Chris. 
who was just probably one of the greatest men I've ever had the honor of knowing. Okay. And I'm sure Cody can say the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, and like I said, I wish uh, I have all the stories that I heard about him. I wish I had the opportunity to to meet the guy. I did get the opportunity to meet his family. Great family. Uh, his wife Terry, uh, his kids Travis and Aaron. Aaron. Aaron were just very welcoming and cordial through the whole thing. So they were awesome. The field experience for me. I mean, I, I've been on baseball fields before, but nothing like this. Uh, and to be at Fenway, I mean, just the the history of Fenway itself, but then you add uh, the honor of, of uh, celebrating the life and contributions that Chris made uh, was just, I mean, I, I, there were no words for that, and I greatly appreciate the opportunity uh, to do that. So thank you. Thanks thanks to Flioa. Uh, and I also got to meet the, com- the new commissioner of Boston, the new police commissioner. Whoops, uh, whoops. Yeah, so talk about him, Goody. Will Gross, uh, he was the chief of police for Boston, has newly been promoted to the commissioner, and we got to see him in his final day of uniform. Um, as yeah, there, There's two people that I can't say enough nice things about. Chris is one of them, and Will is another. Um, anytime we're in the, the area, he always rolls out the, the red carpet. You've, if it's been five minutes or five years since he's seen you, he still has the biggest smile and the biggest hug for you. He is just one of the greatest guys in law enforcement, and I wish him all the luck in the world in his new role. I hope he, he brings some of that sunshine to the upper levels of Boston because <laughs> they need it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just the brief time that I got to to sit and talk with the guy, just it just seems like, he is a a people person, you know. He's a commissioner Absolutely. for the people. Uh, he reminds me a lot of that uh, Sergeant Al Powell from Die Hard. You you remember yeah. him? Yeah, I can see that one. <laughs> that's that's the whole that's the whole kind of image that I was getting from him the whole time. Just a really you know happy go lucky. Seemed like he's a real strong family guy kind of deal, but uh, but would do anything for his. His community. Uh, so Absolutely. I, I think I'm I'm very interested in uh, seeing how his his um, what do they call it a term? I don't know when you're a commissioner. But yeah, we call it that the term. His appointment. Yeah, his how his appointment um, plays out. So I hope he's treated well there. You know, politics can be cruel to people like him, especially. Yeah, exactly. I hear you. So Boston, get behind him. Take care Absolutely. of your new commish. Uh, so uh, we got to then. Uh, watch the game. We had great seats. We're sitting uh, at right field. Yep, out yes. in right field. Uh, great seats. It was a. It was an exciting game. Came down to the very last pitch of the nail game. biter. It was a nail biter. Uh, the Red Sox were batting. Minnesota's pitching. I can't remember the pitcher, uh, but he walked what like three batters in a row. Bases were loaded. Bases loaded. You got this guy coming out. I can't remember who was who was hitting, but uh, got a full count on him. It's coming down to the very last pitch of the game, and he whiffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so they didn't win that game, but they won the next, however many they played uh, all Three. weekend. Yeah, and they they won them pretty, pretty handily. So congratulations to the Boston Rex. They're on top of the league, right? Aren't they leading the league in wins right now? 
on top of it in first place? Yes. Isn't that what uh, Carl said? Anyway, yes. go back to the previous uh, <laughs> segment where Carl was talking. He, he was saying they were on top. Uh, so, yeah, that was awesome. We got to do that, did the game. Uh, and then the next day, we drove up to uh, New Hampshire. After we did a little tour of Boston, we did a, uh, for my benefit, and I thank you guys for doing that. <laughs> there, there are a couple places I just I wanted to go see. We didn't have a lot of time, but uh, we had enough time to go check out Cheers, uh, where everybody knows your name. Except they didn't, Marty. They didn't know your name. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know my name. But it was everything that you would expect and more. They they had the set where I guess they filmed some of the, the episodes there, the bar recreation. They had a couple of other, other, other spots there that you saw on the TV show. All kinds of memorabilia. Memorabilia at the butt. The food was really good. Uh, I had a steak sandwich. Steak and cheese. Bacon. With bacon. Yeah, of course. You always had bacon. Shocking. It was phenomenal. A Bloody Mary. Uh, I enjoyed the Bloody Mary. Nate wasn't too impressed. Uh, Nate's a little little bit of a snob when it comes to drinks, I think. <laughs> to drink snob. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, Nate. I, I'm enjoying this Bloody Mary. Don't ruin it. I'm at Cheers. And the brother and sister of horseradish. That would be you and me. <laughs> You're right. Loaded up with some horseradish. Add a little extra oomph to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we... Loaded up our bellies, uh, and then we went on another tour down to, we were trying to find this restaurant, it was called Tia's, of course you guys know my wife's name is Tia, and uh, of course I call her Pepper, you guys know her as Pepper, uh, but she absolutely insisted that I go and get some kind of memorabilia pictures or whatever of Tia's, uh, but unfortunately they didn't have any shirts or hats or any memorabilia, so I talked one of the waitresses in giving me a menu, so I... Uh, Brought her home a menu. You're welcome, babe. And she got a wine glass. She got a wine glass from Cheers, so that was cool. She wanted a wine glass from Cheers. But I, I highly suspect that she will be going to Boston pretty soon anyway. So that's one of her bucket list destinations. Uh, and then we got to see some cool historical stuff. Just, you know, our our country's history is right there. You know, that's where a lot of it started. Yes. Um, the only city that, that I would... Chime in. Uh, <laughs> say that that would have even more historical value that I personally love is Philadelphia. I yeah. love Philadelphia. Yeah, and I bet their Philly cheesesteaks are better than they are than Boston's. <laughs> Way better. Yeah. Yeah, but that was that was kind of hard to beat. But the lobster rolls, I didn't I didn't get a lobster roll, but we did do lobster one night. Thank God. I yeah. uh, got a a full live main lobster. It was really good. Enjoyed that. Uh, but then on our way to New Hampshire, we're headed to New Hampshire because we were going to do the, the park dedication. There was a park there in, it's not uh, Portsmouth. It was Portsmouth. Portsmouth. New Market. Portsmouth. New Market. New Market. That's what it's called. New Market, which that's where Chris resided, right? Chris and his family. Correct. They, I think they grew up there. He raised their family there. Uh, so that's Correct. where he did a lot of community work and, uh, like I said, he was a environmentalist and very well respected year, and, and known there. Every year, stock the the ponds for for kids to do fishing derbies every single year. Yeah. So there was a, a little church there that had about I don't know they said what three to five acres something like that that they right. had, had dedicated uh, in Chris's honor, and they're going to turn it into a 
uh, a wildlife preserve and a kayaking launch. I think they're going to build a boat dock and all kinds of things. Yeah, it's right off the uh, Lamprey River. There you go, Lamprey River. So um, that was uh, an event itself. There was there was a little drama. <laughs> we had had some, <laughs> had some drama about halfway through it. So to set it up. It was it was probably ninety something degrees and at least ninety percent humidity. They yep. were pretty hot, um, but we had this nice tent that we were all sitting under. Uh, and I'd say there was probably a hundred people there. I don't know. Oh, easily. At, at least. Yeah. And of course everybody was trying to get into the shade. So underneath that little tent, it started, you know, it started to get a little hotter. There was a gentleman sitting just uh, immediately in front and to the right of us, the table that we were sitting at. And I think they said he was 94 years old, somewhere around there. Yes. He was sitting with his daughter and I look up and his daughter is, is, Saying, Dad, wake up. Dad, 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 wake up. (laughs) So I immediately run over there and, and, you know, see what, what the fuss is about. And he's, he's like having convulsions and I guess he's having a seizure. I don't know what it was. But we had to stop ceremony for that. Thank God he was okay. Uh, We got the paramedics there and they were able to, to get him revived and take him on in, get him, get him a checkup. But, uh, Luckily, with two nurses and a ton of first responders, we had it under control. <laughs> right, exactly. So he was, uh, if there was any place he was going to have one of those, that was probably the best. Uh, but bless his heart, I think he's, I think he's okay. I hadn't heard any updates or anything, but um, nor have I. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he's okay. But the, the the dedication was awesome. It went off without a hitch, and then, of course, after everybody adjourned and then reconvened at his favorite watering hole, at Chris's favorite watering hole, which was. Riverworks, called mm-hmm. yeah, Riverworks, uh, and it was a cool little bar. Uh, had a few drinks, had a lot of appetizers, great appetizers. Enjoyed that, uh, and then that was that was our trip, pretty much. Am I missing anything? No. Uh, no, the park dedication was absolutely amazing, just uh, because the city of Newmarket, New Hampshire, purposely sought out to taking into consideration Chris's lifelong dedication to the city itself his passion for wildlife and environmental conservation, actively sought out to find some way to honor him as a brother of New York, a son of him. And for a long time, actively sought to find a piece of property to dedicate to him as a park that other families could enjoy. Just the fact that a city would do that for resident is just absolutely amazing. And as Terry was talking about during her, her speech at the dedication, when the grandkids, Jacoby and Violet, asked if every ranger gets a park like this, and Terry going, no, this is special. It just speaks to the characters. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing individual. Yeah, it was. And again, thank you. Thanks to Flioa for bringing me in uh, to share that. Uh, again, it was very humbling. And uh, just to know that's, that somebody like him exists. And I was telling you, I think I told... Uh, Terry, this too. Everything you guys were talking about him and talking about him, I mean, it could have been my dad. It just reminded me a lot of my dad, kind of, kind of guy my dad was, the character that my dad had. Um, mm-hmm. So it just it made me feel that much closer to him, even though I didn't know him. Yeah, it's a bummer you never got to meet him. You know, yeah. thankfully, you know, Montgomery got to meet him a couple times, and all of us were extremely close with him. But yeah, dude, you'd have gotten along with him 
yeah. great. Well, it sounds like he uh, made an impression on just about everybody that he that he met, knew, worked with, uh, had an association with. So uh, Chris used to come down to Connecticut every fall for deer hunting, and it, we would meet up at the, the same restaurant every year. He he had his his whole thing, and anytime he introduced me to a stranger, he would introduce me. He said, "This is Goody. She almost died once." <laughs> it's true I, I i flipped my cruiser and almost died but that's yeah. ha- that's how he likes to introduce me as that's, the trooper that almost died <laughs> that's a story for another show which uh, we definitely <laughs> yeah. we definitely want to have you back on we'll talk about that if if you're so inclined uh, i am so inclined but yeah so that was uh the trip to boston and it was amazing so Make sure that if you guys get an opportunity to go to the Boston area, go to Newmark. New Market. You go to New Market, New Hampshire, and the park there. Do we know the name of it? The Shopmeyer Memorial Park. Yeah, you can ask anybody there and they'll direct you to where it's at, I guarantee you. I guarantee you that whole community knows about it. Uh, but it's go North Main Street. What was the number? Like 10 North Main Street? Yeah. I believe it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll you'll see what we're talking about there. All right, guys. So let's uh, let's get into some giveaways now. Ooh. So last week we gave away two watches to two vets for our 10 watches for 10 vets. Let's knock out another two this episode. And the first one is going to go to... Drum roll, please. So I'm going to read the email, and then uh, I'll read the recipient. So it says, Lefty, I'm a recent listener, six months of the show, and I have to say I love the show and what you're doing for the 2A community. You have some great support from some awesome companies. I was listening to episode 252 and heard about the giveaway for Defy Watches to veterans. I myself am not a veteran, but this email is coming to you on behalf of my brother, and it's uh, Nauman B. I'm not going to read his last name. He's a 10-year Navy veteran. He enlisted when he was 18, right out of high school. Three years ago, we were in a horrific car accident, and because of that, he was medically discharged. That was a very difficult time for him. Both of his legs were crushed, and the bones in his ankles and knees were shattered. The doctor said it would be at least a year before he could get out of a wheelchair. Well, three plates, 11 screws, and nine surgeries later, he was walking on his own in six months. Fantastic. Hills, yeah. Awesome. And as I'm sure you know, our military boys don't do so well when it comes to listening to doctors about what they can and can't do. (laughs) (laughs) Even though he's no longer in the military, I would love for him to get a little reminder that our country appreciates everything that our servicemen and women do for our rights and freedom. Keep up the good fight, and thanks again for everything that you do with your podcast. You have a lifelong listener here. In the communist state of Massachusetts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ouch. So, Jonathan B., uh, your brother, is the recipient of one of our Defy watches. So, thank you for that submission. And uh, just get in touch with me with your contact info, talkingletgmail.com, and we'll make sure that your brother gets that watch. So, there's one. Our second watch. Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> is going to this recipient. 
And I don't, I don't know what it is about the Navy, but it seems like all our recipients are, are in the Navy. I have been listening since the second or third episode. I'm a Navy veteran and have worked in corrections for 26 years. Really? That alone just qualifies him right yeah. there. Yeah. 26 years in corrections. I do already have a Battlefield watch, and it's great. Keep cranking out the great interviews. Thanks, Jeff Haddix. Oh, Jeff H. Thanks, Jeff H. So, Jeff H., even though you have a Battlefield, you need a scout to go with your Battlefield. So, I'm going to make sure that Jeremy hooks you up with the scout. And if you you don't wear two watches, you like your Battlefield good enough, uh, maybe you got a corrections buddy that maybe you want to give that watch to or someone else. It's your watch. You can do with it what you want to, brother. So thank you for all the support uh, and the long-time listenership. Jeff H. Contact me, talkingletgmail.com. Marty. Yes. How about we sweeten the pot? How about Fleoa throws in two battlefields to uh, vets or first responders? So you're throwing in two more watches. For our two more ten- watches, brother. Ten watches, so it's twelve watches for twelve. Twelve watches now. Very good. I'm down with that. All right, you All just right. Uh, put it out there and uh, get me the information where they go to. And I will send it out. There you go. So two battlefields. So there you go, Leadheads. I need more nominations for this. Send me your nominations. Uh, the watches are growing. Apparently, we <laughs> as we give them away, we get we get more in stock. So. You know, actually, awesome. let's just do four. What? <laughs> oh, oh. The alarm's going off. The alarm's going off. <laughs> 14 watches for 14 vets. That's awesome. Or first responders. Or first responders. First responders. They could be LE. They could be military, law enforcement. Uh, and don't forget the paramedics because God knows they help me. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. So get the nominations in, guys. We're gonna keep giving away until we've given them all away. Uh, and if you know, if people like Flioa and people like uh, Defy keep upping the ante, we'll just keep upping the gifts. Very cool. All right. Least I can do. Uh, on that same note, we had a listener that won a swag package from us uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, Nick M. And Nick wrote in to me and after hearing about the uh, last episode the shooting uh, in Nevada, the church shooting in Nevada where the the firefighter was killed um, it was uh, how do I say this Uh, it was J-Mac's neighbor J-Mac's neighbor is a a police officer but it was was his neighbor's cousin uh, was the guy who was murdered in that church shooting and uh, he won, we, we dedicated a watch to him so he's one of the veterans we dedicate to his family that they got the watch last episode nick also wants me to donate his swag package so kudos to nick uh, we're going to make sure that, that swag package gets to that family and uh, we will make sure that they know that it is from you nick so thank you for doing that and, uh, thank you nick all right so man that's that's a lot of giveaways that's a lot of things to uh that I wasn't expecting again. Uh, awesome, Bill. My pleasure, dude. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so this week, I can't access iTunes. My iTunes is down. I did an update on my computer, and it's not letting me into iTunes. So I can't go and see the feedback. 
So uh, we'll do another swag pack giveaway uh, next episode. Sorry about that, guys. So so stay tuned for next episode. Next swag pack. So that brings us to the end of another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Make sure that you guys are engaging with us on social media. As you can see, the last few episodes, we're giving all kinds of stuff away. We're giving away rifles. We're giving away watches. We're giving away swag packages. Uh, you never know what else is going to come up that we're going to be giving away. But you have to be listening to the show. You have to be subscribed to us. You have to be engaging with us on social media, commenting on our posts, sharing our posts, getting involved. And you guys have been phenomenal with that, and I greatly appreciate it. And we're going to reward you for that. So continue doing that. Uh, Talkinglet.gmail.com if you want to email me. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, our other great places. Make sure you're commenting on our posts there. And support our sponsors. You guys have been amazing doing that as well. X-Steel Targets, Ride-On Optics, Modern Spartan Systems, Defy Watches, 1776 United, and our nonprofits that we get behind, like Flea Oa, Sheepdog Impact Assistance, do it all. You guys are you guys are amazing. Uh, Flea Oa, Bill, tell them how they can reach out to you guys, get involved with Flea Oa. Oh, uh, there's the uh, Flea Oa proper, which is www.fleoa.org, or there's the foundation, the philanthropic side to support. Federal Law Enforcement Officers in Times of Need, which is the uh, FLEOFoundation.org. Yeah, so, um, yeah, make sure you guys go and support FLEOA, get involved. Uh, and then, of course, like I said, Sheepdog Impact Assistance, SheepdogIA.org. And, of course, Mission 22, great organization there. I should be getting Magnus Johnson on soon to talk about his book. I've got to reach out to him and get that scheduled, but uh, that would be a great interview uh, coming up with Magnus. All right, guys. Uh, any parting words for the Leadheads? Thanks for all your support. Keep Brother Chris in your memory. Great man. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode. Okay. So until next episode, Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close. Your firearms closer. And your free all membership active. Lucky you were <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Leadheads. As always, keep your loved ones close. Your FLEO membership active. Did you forget this already? Did you forget this already? No, so you say and keep your farms closer, and then you throw your tagline in there, Bill. What? Bill fucked it up. No, I didn't. Oh, Oh, I did. So, all right, I'm going to start over. So, I'm going to start over. So, I'm going to start over. So, I'm going to start over.